all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. I watched a lot of wrestling. Hi, I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling, and I feel as though I need to repent my sins coming into uh, coming into this arc. You know, when we when we come to the Attitude Era, or sorry, not the the, the Ruthless Aggression Era, it feels like a time of 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 rapture. It, fe- it feels as though the Judgment Day is upon us. Um, with with just the. Does it not feel, Austin, as though the Attitude Era is some, like, biblical, apocalyptic, like, left-behind tier hellscape that just makes <laughs> no sense and is, like, we're, we're so, like, think about it. All of the, all of the really influential wrestlers from the 90s just disappeared in a puff of smoke. And now we got left with all these other fucking goobers that we need to figure out, I don't know, something to do with. That actually um, does kind of track in that way. Yeah. Like the entire, like a big part of the Ruthless Aggression Era is that like they lost Rock and Austin at the same time. Yeah. And they were like, what the fuck? And a lot of other dudes are becoming part-timers or like, Yeah, and they they elevated Brock Lesnar and he said, I quit after two years. And it's like, like, wait, what Oh shit, okay, we found our new guy. Oh no. Never mind. No, we don't. No, we didn't. Yeah. So, so I I feel as though uh, since we are here in the in the end times that are the ruthless aggression era, I must I must go see a priest or something to cleanse myself before I don't know God condemns me to another well, uh, to another Katie Vick arc for my well for, this for arc does have God in it. Oh yeah. Yeah, look, I I'm trying to go. I'm tr- I, I try to be thematic. I pay attention sometimes. Yeah, because it's time for us to go to 2006, the month after WrestleMania, where Vince McMahon decides to fight God. Um, yes, the, do, I love how we're putting no like no teasing on this. We're just no. off the bat saying this is what the no. fuck is happening. Yeah, I mean, how I, how else am I going to explain what's happening here? Is I feel like it, it doesn't matter as I already know that this episode they announce, you know, the match that we're building to. So Wait, it doesn't really. They just immediately go for it night after WrestleMania. I'm sorry. They, there's so no funny. build to this. No, they just been, oh. okay. They okay. just go and he just goes there immediately. <laughs> oh, oh, great. oh yeah. I p- pardon me. For being under no. the delusion that there might be some semblance of interesting fucking booking in the ruthless aggression era. Okay, now to be fair, all right, okay. this is a lot like I I I need to come up with a word for it. This is a lot because I I keep using referencing back to this phenomenon more than once. This is also like the dom the custody of Dominic thing, where like. This is a part of a longer storyline that is both before this and after. Okay. But for okay, one that's... month, it was really weird. <laughs> for one <laughs> month, it got really weird. Well, you know, they, they got a lot, although, you know, they, 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 they turn a lot of extra profit for WrestleMania. I'm sure that bought the writer's room a nice big platter of extra strength drugs that they could take before their brainstorming sessions. 
So, you know, they just had a month where they're like, let's just have fun with it, man. Yeah, so I this fully, is not so this, so this has history, but it's also not really the culmination of the plot. I'll just go ahead and okay, say sure. it because it doesn't really matter. But like after this part of the arc, we start building to the reunion of Degeneration X of Sean oh, and Triple H's DX. And they will keep feuding with Vince for many months after this. Because um, they need they need something. They need they're like, ah oh, fuck, we're running on. They're gonna fumes. make we so many jokes. They're gonna make a lot of jokes about Vince loving cock. And they'll just say it and they'll but it'll be a chicken. But they like, see, Vince what? loves cock. They just say that. And like okay. the innuendo um, isn't subtle or good, but to- that's generation X, good as it's always been, baby. Yep. Nothing's changed. But, Nothing's gotten worse. Don't think about it. But that's that's a different arc. Okay, uh, okay, so okay, okay, okay. Let's discuss WrestleMania 22. Big time. That's that was that was the tagline. Big time and big, uh, okay. big time. And it was okay. in Detroit, actually. Oh, oh my! It was at Ford Field. It that is oh. that is a. Oh no! Sorry, Big. that's next mania. That's twenty three. My bad. Wow. In, hey, it, listen. All right. Sorry. Twenty two was it was in Chicago at the Rosemont at the Allstate Arena. Okay. Cool. Was it the anyway, Allstate Arena even in two thousand six? Fuck. It was anyway. So, uh, do you want to do the WrestleMania in order? Or do you want to start off with what we're here for? Let's start, let's start with what we're here for. I uh, okay. I want I want to get like the main thrust going, and then we can kind of fill in the spaces around it. Sure. Okay. So at WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels wrestled Vince. Question one: Por qué? So Vince, as Vince, as I said before, where we started streaming, is kind of in his bag right now as being like his most like having significant wrestling matches and kind of being treated as a threat as an in-ring wrestler. What the, f- okay. 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 Like last, it, it was like <clears throat> at WrestleMania 21. That's right. That's the right one. He had a really good match with Hulk Hogan, for example. He did. He did actually. It was actually a really good match. That sounds like an impossible, like better, better than it ever should have been. <laughs> what the fuck? I guess, I guess, when Hogan is paired up with dudes who should also deliver shitty matches, the the like shit. He just knows how to bring it out of them. Yeah, I guess. Fucking hell. Yeah, between this and the Warrior match. Okay, well, that's that. I don't like that. But continue. Wait, that wasn't wasn't it twenty one? Was it? 20 when did that happen or maybe oh okay got a 19 maybe yeah okay 19 was when hogan and and vince had a good match okay had that missed i thought that i thought there was less years between that but anyway point being so vince basically the story is that sean is getting on vince's nerves and i don't really understand i didn't really the listen i watched a video that did like a compilation of the story bits for a lot of this feud leading into mania but it didn't cover anything pre-royal rumble so like i'm just having to rely on what wikipedia is telling me was happening here basically sean sean was getting in vince's way and vince was like you know sean i can screw you just like i screwed brett (laughs) 
Yep. Vince really loves no, talking about man. how much he likes to screw his wrestlers. Anyway, and to prove a point about that, Vince cost Shawn Michaels the, at the Royal Rumble, basically. And but, but wait, what was Shawn doing to like get in Vince's way? I don't like. I don't know. What like, minor Wik- inconvenience? You see, I don't know because the Wikipedia okay. article about the storylines going into the match is just talk. Just mentions like him. They had a confrontation verbally, and Vince is like, "I'll screw you, like I did Brett." And okay. that is well, that's all funny. we see. That's all we hear about that, really. Okay. Uh, there is some bit apparently about how he talked to Sean. He wants to bring back the. He wants to turn back the clock to the '90s with sex, drugs, <laughs> and rock and roll. And Sean's like, "I'm a born again Christian. I don't want to do that." That's actually not my not my cheese anymore. And Vince goes, and "What? What? How dare you?" <laughs> yeah. Anyone who works in my company. <laughs> must be on board with sex drugs and rock and roll it's in your contract yeah so actually so we get a bit so we get a bit where vince actually kind of like masks off himself about sean and it's kind of fat weird actually because he's like sean you're so at peace with yourself and i hate that because i'm not i can't be like he's like, think I am. I am in charge of a multi-million-dollar company. I have shareholders to answer to. I have so much pressure on me. But so he basically like presents himself as like, I am a fucked up person, and I hate <laughs> you for being mentally at ease with yourself, and so I must destroy you. Mother, and he talks about how as a person he can't be. He can't just be at peace with himself. He always needs more. He always wants more. Oh, I didn't realize we were walking into a brilliant treatise on like the empty void of capitalist greed. Holy that shit. We are like halfway. Yeah, a little bit. And then so Vince is like, so the implication is Vince has to destroy Sean because he can't deal with the fact that Sean, it can it mentally is everything Vince can't be. Motherfuckers will will literally buy an entire wrestling federation from their fathers and proceed to like psychologically abuse their employees instead of going to therapy. No, it checks out. Yeah, you know, so we, he, the patriarchy. We live in a society. So first, he tries to force Shawn Michaels to retire. He's like, he's like, Sean, next week on Raw is your retirement party. And guess you're what, retired. buddy? That's not a good, you're going to be there. And that's not a request. That's a requirement. <laughs> is Vince trying to, Vince is trying to re- retire vicariously through Sean here. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, but so obviously Sean just like rips up the papers and tells him to go fuck himself. True. Um, good face. And so then Vince spends the next several months trying to fuck with Sean. He tries to for he forces Sean to kiss his ass. Oh, I didn't realize Sean ever joined the, of, the KMA club. We are at the return of Kiss My Ass Club. It was retired originally because after Rikki, after Vince was forced to kiss Rikishi's ass. But and we're Vince back. But we're back. Uh, there is a non-zero chance that we have to see Vince's bare ass on this, oh, this storyline. 
Vince Vince has done a thorough internal investigation to see if there are any asses bigger and stinkier than his in the company to make sure it's safe. We said we're in the clear. Okay. So he forces like he 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 knocks out Sean and forces him to kiss his ass. He puts Sean in a four on one match against the Spirit Squad, and I will talk about them in a minute. <laughs> I want to get okay. through this before we talk about them more. And then Marty Janetti comes back and <laughs> to help Sean, and so Vince is like he offers Jan- Marty a job. But only if he kisses Mar his if Marty kisses Vince's ass. Oh my god! And but then when he, Marty says no, he brings out Chris Masters to force Marty into the master lock again. I'll talk about the the Vince Stooges in a bit. Okay. <clears throat> he then there's this insane plot where Vince, where um. Vince has Stephanie, who is pregnant right now, by the way. That's so oh, she's largely like, been off like, TV. Like four yes. shoot pregnant. Yes. Oh, nice. Triple H has gotten has gotten Stephanie pregnant. There are some jokes. Oh. There are some jokes during their DX reunion because in storyline they're not together. So they so tr- Triple H and Sean make jokes on the when the DX reunion of like, wow, Stephanie gave birth. I bet I bet the father has a real genetic jackhammer. Oh my fucking <laughs> real get big the fuck out of here. Jesus Christ. Okay. Anyway, but Stephanie's pregnant. And so she sneakily drugs sean to fuck him up in a match against her brother later in the night and then and then this leads to vince trying to force sean to take a public urine test so he has an excuse to fire sean sean just throws the piss in in vince and shane's face that's the payoff to the and 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 as we know you can't uh, famously you're not allowed to fire someone for throwing piss in your face (laughs) no um they have a fucking on the saturday night's main event because they've brought that back um shane and sean fight 1v1 in a street fight and then the match ends when Shane puts Sean in the sharpshooter, and you know where this lo- where this goes next. Oh. Vince tells them to ring the damn ring bell. The bell. He Son screws a- Sean. Oh my fucking god! Uh, I hate that so much. But then they have a no holds barred match between Vince and Sean at WrestleMania, and it's also way better than it should be. I feel like if you put like Vince in a stipulation match like that, he is more liable to perform well. Mostly because Vince McMahon is like <laughs> kind of insane, <laughs> and and I feel like he is like willing to again like the inner petulant child that is to this day mad that his dad wouldn't let him become a fucking wrestler. He'll he will take like these insane bumps. Uh, just so he can like yeah. be like, "Fuck you, Dad! I'm in a wrestling ring right yeah. now." Yeah, so real that kind of that actually tracks. With that's like that actually works. Um, delightful. Yeah. So Sean beats Vince, and there's also a bit in the match where they try to do the kiss my ass club thing again, 
but Sean fights back. And instead, while Vince is not looking because he's too busy, like playing to the camera with his bare ass hanging out, <laughs> waiting for the moment, Sean, <laughs> Sean forces Shane to kiss Vince's ass. Oh, that's, I love wrestling. Yeah. I... Don't you love watching a son eat his own father's ass? <laughs> oh, th- can you who who do you think pitched that and why was it Vince McMahon? Vince absolutely pitched it. Vince, Vince was a hundred Vince pitched having Stephanie's baby, and then yeah. when Stephanie said no, he thought the problem was, oh, it's because it's it's I'm your dad. You can I'm too old for you. You can have Shane's baby. What? Like that was the <laughs> next pitch. What? Why wait? I didn't. I don't know if I knew that second part of the story. What? What? So, Vin- I hate him. I hate no. him so much. Vin- Stephanie okay. obviously shot down that other pitch too. But yeah. Also, I love you. You you said it as Vince having Stephanie's baby. So you know, I didn't realize Vince was a huge Mpreg guy. Um, <laughs> oh my bad. I said it wrong. <laughs> no, no. Keep cooking. <laughs> That's a fanfic I would love to read. So, Sean beats Vince, despite all the odds, you know. And so, I'll just give a little bit of a preview. On tonight's episode of Raw, Vince is about to huff the world's biggest supply of copium (laughs) that has ever happened. They're just going to wheel out like a 50, like a... Like a like a five hundred pound tank, and Vince is gonna just take that, like take the hose and just right into his fucking mouth. <laughs> yep. So that happened to me. Let's cover the other matches at Please. WrestleMania. There are a lot of matches at WrestleMania. Oof. So the opening match of the show is Big Show and Kane, who are the tag team champions, defending the title against Carlito and Chris Masters which is a good excuse to talk about Vince's flunkies in general. I think because Chris Masters and Carlito are both Vince's flunkies and they got this match because they helped Vince with some scheme or other with Shawn Michaels. That's why they have the tag title match. Um, You all know Carlito, but I'll remind you anyway, is Carlito. He's Caribbean. He spits apples in the face of the of people who don't want to be cool. Yeah, he's soft spit with people who are who are cool. That's right. Yeah, That's right. true. That's what I said. Chris Masters, he is kind of he he's he's the the, the gimmick is that he is bodybuilder jacked, but also he puts people in the full Nelson, which is called the Master Lock. Huh. And it is allegedly unbreakable. No one has broken out of the master lock. Really? Yet. They never did a, they never did a, ah, uh, this mother, like, like he tries to. Oh, they will eventually. Oh. They will eventually. But as of now, no one has ever broken the master lock. And then the spirit squad. They are a group of male cheerleaders. That I was wondering. Higher joke. They are five male cheerleaders. I only could name you two of them. Nikki and Kenny. Because they're the only two with any sort of like positive feed that anyone cares about. Kenny Dykstra, who was kind of considered like a good prospect who just never panned out. And Nikki, 
aka Nick Nemeth. You you might know who he, he, he that he is the future Dolph Ziggler. What? But first, he is Nikki, a cheerleader. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. And like, it, I'll be honest, there's less homophobic jokes than you would expect with this gimmick, man. But. They are all just male cheerleaders. That's the whole bit. Man, you know, it would suck, but I think I instead of being like cheerleaders, I think it'd be awesome if the Spirit Squad were like knockoff Ghostbusters or something like that. I think that would be even better. But the fact that we have baby Dolph Ziggler as a male cheerleader does sound pretty intriguing. Yeah. Anyway, Big Show and Kane. I don't even know why they're tag. They're they're on they're on this. There is no point. Team. I don't know why they're champs. Well, guess what? They were tag champs, and they were okay. Them, so there you go, Austin. There is no point in questioning why Kane is tagging with and somehow cha- tag champions with any random motherfucker. You could tell me that that Shane er, Shane Jesus that 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 Kane and Shane McMahon had a tag team. You could tell me. That Kane and I don't know Stacy Keebler had a tag team. You could tell me that Kane and fucking like, I you could you could tell me that like Kane fucking got Ultimate Warrior back from the dead to be in a tag team, and I would believe it. Well, I guess he wasn't dead at this point. He, my point being, this is Kane's a weird amount of Kane's career is him tag teaming with motherfuckers who you're like, huh. <laughs> It's somehow right. getting tag belts out of it. Do you want to take a guess at how many people that Kane has won tag titles with? I'm going to say take a shot in the dark on that I'm one. I'm going to say roughly ten. You're close. It's nine total. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, he was tag champs with Al Snow. Uh, Wait, was one he time. was he Kane in Smoky Mountain Wrestling? He probably would have been, uh, uh, what would he have gone by at Smoky Mountain? Um, I'm kind of curious. I see. I just uh, Smoky it. Mountain. He, he was, yeah, he was, oh, he was Unabomb. Oh, this was Unabomb. Oh, fuck. I mean, to be he fair, Unabomb with, is kind of with, proto-Kane. So that, that, that is yes. close enough. Right, his the and he would tag team with Al Snow called the Dynamic Duo. Sure, sure. Um, That's fine, whatever. In the, in the WWE, he's had he's he's an eleven time tag champion with eight different partners. He has won the tag titles with the Big Show. These are not obviously not, not chronological. Nah, Daniel Daniel Bryan. Hell no. Uh, Mankind. Yep. Actually, seven different partners because he won twice with he won two different tag belts with the Big Show. Okay, I, so that's more that's, that's more partners. than I was expecting. Big Show, Daniel Bryan, Mankind, X-Pac, The Undertaker, Hurricane, Hurricane. and Rob Van Dam. Wait, he and RVD? What? You think he just picked names out of a hat? You, you think that's that's how he got some of these? I don't know, man. Maybe. Uh, anyway, continue. But yes, anyway, back to what we were doing here. Uh, So... The next match was the Money in the Bank ladder match, the second ever. Um, nowadays, it's its own pay-per-view, obviously, but originally, Money in the Bank match was a special match on WrestleMania yeah. for several years. Uh, the first, the Money in the Bank, was won by Edge. This is the second Money in the Bank. Oh. Uh, 
won by Rob Van Dam. Yep, RVD, he gets high and jumps off of things. Uh, He wins. That was clever. He wins the Money in the Bank match. He beats Bobby Lashley, Finley, Matt Hardy, Ric Flair, and Shelton Benjamin in the Money in the Bank ladder match. That's really kind of small Money in the Bank match, isn't it? It's six people. That's reasonable for the time. Uh, Rick, they did a whole spot where Ric Flair had to be stretchered out after falling off a ladder, and then he comes back heroically later in the match. I'm glad that WWE's uh, medicals team is looking at a 55-year-old falling off a ladder, and he says, yep, you're still good to go back out there, bud. Absolutely. Well, you know, we, we, we... Who who is to say that uh uh they don't just want the the base thing of Ric Flair being Ric Flairant um and dying yeah that's right yeah so then uh next match for the U.S. title we get Chris Benoit defending his belt against JBL a rare instance where JBL is the good guy by default. Correct. Uh, and JBL wins with cheesy shenanigans in under 10 minutes. So what did he do? And then a big hardcore match. One of the be- biggest highlights from this show. Edge versus Mick Foley. Oh. I did not do a ton of research into the storyline of going into this match. But this is during a period of time where Mick Foley is like, I am putting over motherfuckers. Aw. In hardcore matches, this is this my this is one. Of, it's honestly one of, if not his last good match. I don't remember when his hardcore match with Orton was, but this is absolutely one of his last good matches in his career. That's exciting. Where he and Edge kick ass, and it ends with one of the most famous spots in Mania history. McFoley is on the apron behind him. Lita lights a table on fire. And Edge spears Mick Foley through off the apron and through the table. Holy shit, dude. That sounds like an insanely good match. It is. Uh, Edge wins, obviously, as you probably expect. Though, also, uh, Mick Foley did a really cool spot where um, Edge speared Foley and injured himself. And it's because Mick Foley strapped a barbed wire board under his shirt. So that when Ed speared him, he would be spearing barbed wire. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah, that that won't backfire at all. Well, I mean, it worked. Edge got bloodied up on that's, it, but it's fine. That is that is funny, though. I'm sure fully felt. Oh, yeah. my God, that's awesome. So then the next match is an intergender handicap match oh. between Booker T and Queen Charmel. Versus the Boogeyman. Oh, okay. So the Boogeyman has now debuted. He was de- he was coming he was to com- get you. He finally came. He finally came. So I'm the Boogeyman's happy. gimmick is that he dresses. He he does like full weird, scary makeup. He breaks clocks over his head and he eats worms. And also Real weird con- live worms. Yeah, and also weird convoluted thing about him not uh n- not actually being supernatural, but being like an a yeah, delusional so I actor. Guess, 
Right. So I guess if we want to give the real story, he was introduced during a bit by Palmer Cannon, a.k.a. PC, playing an evil authority figure character mm. on SmackDown. He was a failed actor for a TV show for the for this the boogeyman who got way too into the character and now just thinks he's the boogeyman. <laughs> this is method acting gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah, Heath Ledger's watching this at home and taking notes. He is. So he is a weird weirdo. Yeah. And he freaks out Booker and Charmel, who by the way, Booker is currently King Booker. After yes. the ring. Booker T gets a scepter and a fake accent, King and he's like, Booker. I am King Booker! King Booker! And with his Queen Charmel. Anyway, the match ends when, Bo when Boogeyman is eating the worms as he as does. As you do during a match. Then he, right, then he makes out with Charmel so that she has to eat the worms that in his, that are it is in his mouth. Disgusting. And Booker and this causes Booker T to have a blue screen of death and just reboots his brain, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so Boogie so Boogeyman can hit the Boogeyman slam and pin Booker T for the that win. That doesn't feel correct. <laughs> I can just imagine like just Booker freezing up. I, I can imagine Booker never kissing his wife ever again because of the worms. He's like, nah, it's still infected. Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't trust it. Anyway, <laughs> so great. It was under four minutes. Fantastic. Glad fuck, we had fun here. I, it's funny too, because I've heard I've heard I've heard Booker talk about like the King Booker era as like maybe the favorite era of his entire career. It was at, you know, it was honestly really good. And it was the only time WWE gave him a world title, but also there was the WrestleMania match with the book. <laughs> that feels quite disrespectful to the King, but you know, who am I to judge? All right. Then the next match was for the women's title. Um, one of the rare times the women's title is on the line at WrestleMania. I can probably last time we investigated this before, um, I think. But it the pre-women's revolution yep. didn't happen much. Uh, and it is Trish Stratus versus Mickey James. Oh, hey. So this is an iconic storyline. It was Mickey's debut storyline in the company. She basically came into the company as a Trish Stratus fangirl oh she shit. is completely obsessed with tris stratus and tris was kind of weirded out by this yeah i can imagine and basically there's eventually a split a rift i already have forgotten what happened and mickey james turns into a literally lesbian stalker there's a, there's multiple times where Mickey forcibly kisses Trish, oh making it clear that it's not just like platonic stalkery. I'm sure that Jerry Lawler has a very normal reaction ah! to this on commentary. Ah, Jerry! Oh, oh, he's not even he's not even doing commentary with Jim anymore. Fuck. Oh, he's not. Oh, right now the comment right now the commentary teams are Jim Ross and Taz on SmackDown oh and Michael, and then it's like Cole. I think it's Michael Cole, Jim jerry lawler and and jonathan coachman on raw so uh, honestly jerry was probably relatively normal about the kissing, oh yeah, well i oh yeah because he's a baby face yeah, right he now plays face to like michael cole like early heel michael cole shit 
No, Cole is actually also a babyface. Coachman is the heel because oh, he is like Vin- he was Vince's assistant, so he is a total. Do I remember Coachman being obnoxious, or am I just am I just like making shit up? I mean, he's well known for being obnoxious, but I don't know if you have seen him be obnoxious. Okay. It's just like known within the fandom. Okay. Sure. Um. So. Anyway, at WrestleMania, this match is famous for having a spot that has been censored out of the network. Um, where and it's hard to find. And I say that I mean like when I say hard to find, I mean you have to go on Daily Motion to find. Oh it. God! Uh, That's how you know? It's but bad. basically, again, this is a lesbian. There's a, this. There's the lesbian undertones. Mm-hmm. And undertones. So, fair. Um. So in one part in the match. Mickey, as part of a slam, grips Trish in the vagina <laughs> and slams her. And then after, hold on, there's more. It's not just that, okay? After that, after she grips Trish in the, in the, in the vagina, I say that again, she licks her hand and then does like the V lick thing. Thing. Lesbian undertone right to the camera. You're right. And apparently she didn't clear that with anyone. And Vince hated the spot allegedly. And it is now censored and gone I'm from the network forevermore. I'm I'm su- deeply surprised that Vince did not like that, but okay. He was like, think of the children and the sponsors. Think of the children it. during the ruthless aggression era. Yeah, it was really that stupid. makes no no uh, goddamn sense, but okay. Yeah, but it's famous. It's actually other it's actually otherwise a really good match, one of the better women's huh. matches you're gonna see on pay-per-view at this point in time. And Mickey wins, beating Trish with her own move oh. to become the champion. Okay, that's kind of cool. Um I I will say you talked about that. All I can imagine is that one scene from the the like um sexual harassment uh um safety workshop episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia where mac fucking grabs d in by by the vagina and just like lifts her into the air <laughs> like a like the fucking hulk <laughs> everyone was like in and, and the seminar people were like what don't do that and d's like no that's cool can we do it again that's what i'm imagining okay Sure, might as well. Uh, anyway, next match is the obligatory Undertaker match. Obligatory. Oh, uh, is the streak? We're streaking. I love. Um, I love streaking with the Undertaker. It's one of my favorite activities. <laughs> yes, he is in a casket match against Mark Henry. Oh, hey. oh yeah. Oh, fuck. It, this is one of those. Because Henry was one of the people who might have ended up breaking the streak. I hope not, because it was a bad match. Well, yeah, but Vince and was honestly, Vince was before like the streak was like really a thing. Um, Vince Mark Henry was one of the opponents that Vince considered like putting uh, having the Undertaker put over. And I don't know if it was Henry mm. himself that shot it down, or a Taker, or if it was. But, like, because I, I remember hearing Edge talk about it, because Edge was another guy who was maybe supposed to beat Taker at Mania, 
and Edge it turned was it close. Down. It was, that was a main event title match between Edge and Undertaker and Under. So it was a consider. I'm sure it was a consideration. Yeah, and 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 Edge turned it down because he knew like how cool it was that the Taker had that streak, and he's like, I'm not the guy to end it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, so this casket match with Mark Henry. Right now, Mark Henry's in that period of time where they're like, shit, let's push him. Cool. Um, I think he is. I think he is. I think he has Tony Atlas as his manager right now. Huh. I think that's what. I think that's what era we're in. Anyway, Taker wins in like nine minutes. The match sucks. God it damn it! Feels very. It feels very reminiscent of his matches with other with like plotting big dudes in the nineties. Yeah. Because like after Hulk Hogan became left, Undertaker kind of took up the role as the giant slayer mm-hmm. in the WWF. Like all big men in the WWF eventually had a match with Babyface Undertaker, yeah. and lost. And so this felt like that is like Undertaker is beating up a big guy. Well, that, that, that's, that's like the, the Giant match. Gonzalez match and shit. Yeah, it was. That was also you know a Undertaker fighting a big dude yep. because he's big. <laughs> match. Then then was Shane. Then was Sean and Vince. Uh, amusingly, before the match though. Vince, in attempting to mock Sean and his religious beliefs, makes his entire family backstage sit and pray with him. <laughs> and, and he promises to send Sean to hell. Vince Vince leads a family prayer session going, ha, that'll show that religious nerd. Well, you know, it's the, it's the kind of egocentric bullshit that you'd expect from Vince, of course. Sure, sure. Then the next match, a triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship Ooh. between Kurt Angle, Randy Orton, and Rey Mysterio. Oh, fuck. Okay. So, Kurt, I didn't do a ton of research into this match because it's on SmackDown. It doesn't matter anyway. Um, but Kurt Angle is the world champion. Uh, Rey Mysterio wins the Royal Rumble in honor of Eddie. Aww. And that becomes a big sticking point of this feud. I do know, I do know that much. I believe this is the feud where like Randy Orton wrecks the low Eddie's low rider, and he also tells Ray to his face that you know Eddie, he's not up there in heaven. He's down there in hell. I mean, if we're going off Eddie Guerrero the character, he's probably not wrong. But also, think of the heat, brother. Yeah, listen, it's one of those things that I think gets weird in wrestling because nobody is just a fictional character. All fictional characters are also just real people. Yeah. So it feels weird to, like, if Eddie was just a fictional character, if this was like Lucha Underground and they just wrote him off, I wouldn't care if someone was like, yeah, he's in hell. Yeah. But it's weirder that Eddie is dead because Eddie the character is dead because Eddie the person is dead. Yes. But also, like, well, it's, it's, it's also the weird, like, double think of, like, we know that Eddie the person was not the world's biggest rat bastard. And so, like, now his memory gets gets honored with, you know, love and respect, even though in kayfabe, he mm-hmm. should he should be like his memory should be reviled and people should be like pissing on his grave so, a little bit. So, like, it's 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 a it's a weird situation all around. But think of the heat, brother. Yeah, listen, six months ago, Ray was fighting Eddie for the custody of his child. And now he's like, I'm doing it for you, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ray wins. Base, he wins the title. Base. 
the match is the match goes only nine minutes because Sean and Vince ran too long, so they had cut. Oh for my time. god! Uh, but they but Rey Mysterio becomes world champion, and I don't have to think about how Vince books Rey as a world champion because right now he can just Where's bask it's, in it's the glow. On, it's on SmackDown. Positive vibes. Don't think about it. Yep. Then we get the most dignified match of the show. Tori Wilson versus Candice Michelle in a Playboy pillow fight match. And I'm sure Jerry Lawler had a really normal ah! reaction. Ah! <laughs> oh, now it haunts my dreams. Yeah, so like WWE, we're still, even though we're still in this era of where WWE annually gets as a, one of their women's wrestlers get a, gets a Playboy spread. And then they have a tie-in match at Mania, usually over other women being like, "Bit you bitch, I wanted to be on the cover of Playboy. Compelling. <laughs> the, the drama. The the deep psychological storytelling. They did this shit every year until they went PG. Um, I don't even remember which one of them made it on the cover of Playboy, but Tori Wilson, who is usually, I think is usually a babyface, she wins. Cool. cool that was the match the end cool. then the main event of wrestlemania 22 john cena defending the wwe championship against triple h jesus christ was cena really like up and up by by now in 2006 yeah his 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 crowning moment was last wrestlemania when he beat jbl for the title so are we at doctor of thugonomics cena we are just past Doctor of Thugonauts. Really? He transitions out of that character to when he becomes champion. Shit, okay. And that's kind of the story of this feud. This feud, textually, is very boring. Yeah. It is basic babyface John Cena and <clears throat> basic heel Triple H being like, I am the game. <laughs> I can manipulate. I will manipulate and defeat you. Uh. And Sean Cena's like, you can't see me. Fine speech. Rubs bald spot. That. <laughs> I think. Dude, I I think you were just inhabited by the spirits of Triple H and John Cena, respectively. That was that was dead on. I saw no flaws in either of the. The only interesting part of this story is the meta for is the meta level of this the meta narrative, because I'll tell you what oh, no. John Cena getting away from being a dude who raps about who does two thousands battle rap, yeah, um, that none of it air ages well today. Well, of course not. That's part of the charm of two thousands battle rap. Anyway, he's not that guy anymore. And the fans are starting to not like him. Really? Um, it was that quick? It was that quick. What the fuck? It took them a year to kill mo half of John Cena's goodwill. What the fuck? How? It's pretty easy. 
get rid of the cool rap stuff that people like yeah. and make him and while he's still kind of edgy in that way that like it's still TV 14 and it's 2006 but not like in a way he says anything super controversial he is a clean cut babyface character yeah but he's just kind of a snarky dick because that's that's the times um and the fan and they put him against Triple H because the fans fucking hate Triple H for being a boring world champion for two and a half years. For so they're how like, many Shit, years? This the reign of terror, Triple H. Oh, fuck this era. Oh, shit. We are just past the reign of terror. So they're like, guys, we can get Cena cheered again if we put him against Triple H. And no, that didn't work. <laughs> The fans were like picking between the like biggest trolley problem in the fucking history. It was. It was kind of a case of like, boo, we hate you. It was it was a lot of like, yay, you beat up a guy we like. Wait, we also hate you. Boo. Wait, hold up. Wait, we just realized we've been. Wait a minute. Never mind. And also, this is when WWE decided to try to take the online criticisms of John Cena and weave that into the narrative. Oh, no. Basically, they play up this idea of John Cena isn't, you know, a technically sound wrestler. You know, he's a fighter. He's a brawler. You know, he's not, he's not a good in-ring wrestler. And Triple H, you know, he is a traditionalist. He is someone who appeals to, he is a, you know, a technical wrestler who appeals to the, to the old school fans. Yeah. And it sucks. Uh, That's, that's the narrative you, so again, I am the game. I am the game. I am the cerebral assassin. <laughs> Fuck me, dude. He just has long Triple H just had long rambling speeches about nothing. And then John Cena was like, LOL bet about <laughs> nothing. I, I think I think we just got like a, an actually just like life size like talking action figure of Triple H to run this one. <laughs> the Hunter couldn't be bothered. Paul, Paul said but, no. But this match was also trying to like get back Cena fans and also cement John Cena as a top guy. Uh, for comparison, as you note, that Batista won the world title at last WrestleMania as well. That was a big deal, is that Cena won the WWE title for the first time and Batista won the world title in the main event. Yes. For the first time. Really and Batista has already lost his belt. What the fuck? And fallen off here. As I, you might have noted, he, he was, isn't on this mania at all. He's not. And admittedly, I think he's kind of injured right now. But, you know, it's like, already, it's I like, all like, right, Cena is the guy. I feel like Batista's, okay? like, kind of new age ultimate warrior in that, like, they got him up there and he was super over it, and then they like actually gave him shit and they're like oh wait he's like kind of mid except he's far less problematic yeah. as a person than warrior obviously I, actually, I actually like that comparison but this is supposed to be cena is still the wwe champion 
from the prior year. Okay. And this is the cementing match. This and to prove that point, a year later. He, I mean, this is the way, like, this is he's not a flash in the pan like a Batista. Oh, okay. He is he this is to the cement that like he is definitely for sure the top guy going forward. Correct. Like it's not like a fluke valid, situation. Valid. And a lot when a lot of people thought Triple H might beat Cena here because Triple H is Triple H, he wins the belt a lot. Um, but in the end, John Cena not only beats Triple H, he makes Triple H tap out in the STFU. Oh wow, that is cementing. So like big put over moment and. Probably the most fun part of this Mania main event is that it was in Chicago and both guys had special entrances. Triple H kind of has his first over-the-top WrestleMania entrance when he comes in with Conan the Barbarians. Oh, this is that one. That's cute. But also, John Cena had a big bit, too, where he dressed like he was in the Mafia. Get it? Because Chicago. Oh, and this is the one where one of the one of the extras in his entrance is, is CM, CM Punk. Punk. That's where he fucking belongs. Fuck you, Phil. <clears throat> yeah. So that's the only fun, interesting fact. This match is pretty mid. Otherwise, it's twenty-two minutes of mid. Oh um, no. So that is the recap on WrestleMania. 22 that makes a lot of sense that that uh that that sure was a wrestlemania and uh man it sure seems like we got a whole lot of well some of this is interesting to me i i i'm uh well fuck we got a lot of shit like finished up so i'll be interested to see like what yeah what were like what the fuck else we see from this going forward i i assume big show yeah. and Kane, by the yeah. way retained their championships <laughs> oh did i not say so yes i you might have i just couldn't remember um yeah, no, they are still the champs. We do have oh, we do have uh, we do have RVD with with money in the bank though. That'll be interesting. Yeah, and so I do want to emphasize here that this is the era of the brand split. Yes, I don't, I don't think there are they still doing brand exclusive. They are to that back the 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 pay per view we're building to two thousand backlash two thousand six was a raw exclusive oh, show. So right now the brand split is hard. It, you know, everyone is on their separate shows. There is no crossover and Dodeby is trying to make brand specific pay-per-views work. They will fall. They will be done with this within a year because the problem they always run into is there's not enough star power to make these pay-per-views work. Like, you probably could have decent shows with like brand exclusive pay-per-views. I think there are a few decent brand exclusive pay-per-views, but this is still a pay-per-view. You're trying to sell people on TikTok on a monthly basis, get people to buy, put down 50 bucks for these shows. And with only half your star power doesn't really go great. Correct. Like if you have people that that exclusively watch one show over the other, they're not buying mm. the 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 pay-per-views that don't belong to their brand. There's some yeah, the big economics just, here. And like there's only so many big matches you can put on one pay-per-view Correct. when you only have half your roster. Yep. So 
it's one of those things that's kind of a cool in theory. It's the kind of thing I like to, when I play booking Sims, I like to do brand exclusive pay-per-views because it's a computer. It always works out fine. Yeah. But in real life, they have pretty much never been the most financially best move to do. Yeah, bigly, uh, bigly not thought through. Yeah, not it didn't work when it was pay-per-views, and then they brought it back in the network era, and it didn't really work then either. So and now they're just like everybody can be on everything. Correct. It's fine. Uh from a pure business perspective, that was the it's the right call. Yeah. As, as cool as I think the idea of brand exclusive pay-per-views are. Yeah. I, I would fully agree with that. It's just not feasible, man. Mm -hmm. No. Anyway. So if you'd like, yeah, if you'd like to watch along with us, oh, forgot to say, is that we're watching the April 3rd, 2006 episode of Raw. So if you want to watch that along with us, you can do that at Peacock, uh, NBC Universal's big old streaming service. It's where WWE licenses out all of their content, including every episode of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Yep, and so we'll be back in the back half to discuss the April 3rd, 2006 episode of Raw, the Raw after WrestleMania 22. Vince wants to fight God, let's go. And we are back. We have finished the April 3rd, 2006 episode of Raw, the Raw after WrestleMania 22. The Raw after WrestleMania 22, and the power is back. Vince forgot to pay the utilities bill for a few weeks. I The, the, the opening, like... Woo! If you smell la, 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 the la, world is watching, they got yeah. new, yes, sir. We promise you a tremendous bout. It's not the uh, same one as they use in 2012 when I came in, so I don't know all the words of this one. But yeah, you know, it's I, the same. I, it's the same, you know, format. But the tagline is "The power is back," which is so so bizarre. <laughs> so I just imagine Vince being like, "Oh fuck, I forgot to pay the utilities bill this this month." <sighs> Shit. He was he was uh, too busy oiling himself up to fight Shane to fight Sean fight Sean well probably fight Shane too but that's you know uh <laughs> yeah totally different totally different set of circumstances there the world um, is watching and then with no with no build up doo, 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 just yeah. straight into it oh We're my god we get no here. no formalities from, from 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 commentary nothing we're just we're just going and i guess we're going to be going for checks watch watch a shock 20 fucking minutes yeah we got to open the show we got to open raw with a long long promo a uh, long yeah we are here in chicago same building as wrestlemania 22 they have any they still have the 22 wrestlemania 22 banners up in the background which is confusing i i i did notice that and wondered what why yeah, I don't know, but do they are they in the are they in the habit? Like, is it like fucking like Christmas decorations? You just don't feel like taking down for a while. It is kind of like keep it up. And they're like, ah, we'll get to it eventually. I'm sure next week they'll be gone, but they're still they they're still in the building. So they said, fuck it, we're not taking them down. Um, <laughs> Literally, yeah. So it's a real Christmas order. Yeah. So John Cena is here uh, in John camo Cena, okay. because he supports the troops and not in multicolored shirts yet because oh still was it camo cool. i thought it was just like black was it black camo well the it's a black shirt with the camo hat is what i'm talking oh about. okay it's that's fair. camo supports the troops hat oh <laughs> yeah he's got a this is this is how he this is how he shows that he's a he's a good guy who you should love is because he supports yeah. them troops also also watch the marine now uh, now streaming um yeah <laughs> 
I wish uh, the Marine was streaming. We would watch it on this podcast. We would watch. I <laughs> would uh, to quote the great philosopher Slavoj Žižek. Uh, I would uh, prefer not to. Um, well, too but, bad. No, um, well, yeah, fair enough. I did okay, note that, quick question. I, oh, go for it. I was saying, I was made note that Joey Styles is here. I actually messed up the commentary team for Raw. Yeah, because it's Joey Styles, Jerry Lawler, and Jonathan Coachman. Uh, yeah, because well, we had. We had the ECW acquisition in, you know, oh. Yeah, and we are starting to lean harder into it. I wonder, I wonder what is about to, all 2005, we already had the one night stand, but I wonder we had one night stand. if we're building to anything in 2006 related to ECW. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. 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 Hey, who's that one guy who was a gangster at uh, at John Cena's uh, uh, John Cena's WrestleMania entrance? Don't worry about it. He looks yeah, kind of familiar. So- Don't worry. Um, so, qu- question for you. So, John Cena, world champion of of the the world of WWE, the WWE champion. Um, that's correct. Yes, that, that's true. So he he has the spinny belt. Um, did we? Yeah. Did we have the spinny belt in 05? When did that he, come in? He created the spinny belt. Uh, okay. Because he created a spinny belt for the U.S. title when he won that. And then when oh. he beat JBL for the WWE title, he created a spinny belt for the WWE wait. title. Wait, what the fuck? Wait, when did he... The, the spinny belt for the U.S. title? That sounds like it's ugly as sin. Um, well, the U.S. title, it looks very different to the U.S. title you're thinking of. But, I mean, go ahead and look it up. But like U.S. title... Uh, let me let me see John Cena U.S. title. Um, oh, it's it's a, like a circle. Okay, sure. Yeah, it's the circley um, belt. He just really likes it. He just really likes shit that spins. He goes, ooh. Shit. Well, it's it's, um, it's 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 WWE trying to do Flava Flav shit, I think. Um, <laughs> but you know, how do you do, fellow kids? Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Anyway. So he's the he's the inventor of the spinny belt, and they decided to just keep it for eight years. <laughs> outstanding um so so yeah um so so when he won last year he instated this this mini belt yes cool all right um so cena comes in and of course we're like you said oh man this crowd is evenly fucking it where we sure are at like post crisis john cena where we are we are in smarksville and john cena has lost the smarks John Cena is not, he doesn't do white rapping anymore. How do you expect me to support him? If he doesn't do white rapping anymore. Yeah. So Cena comes in, gets in the ring. And he's like, Hey, stop the music. I want to hear this. Yeah. I mean, okay. This is probably cringe to talk about. I feel like Cena is like kind of the meta heel. Like if, if, if this like, it, because he proceeds to cut, like, you know, basically the most like boilerplate Cena shit promo there is, you know, uh, it's not a popularity contest. I put in the work. I the respect my opponent. Blah, here. blah, blah, blah. He made some weird crack about like, for those in the free world, just waking up out of hibernation. What the fuck was that supposed to be? I don't know what that's about. <laughs> I I'm so confused. Um, but like, is he, is that like wake up sheeple? Like what is happening? But like, the, like the promo he cuts, like even though it's like ah, uh, you know the virtuous like face or whatever, with the the with the added like context of like half these people fucking hate Cena, like it is and kind Cena of being Semitic very aware shit. of it. Yeah, and I feel like and I feel like if it were not him, 
that promo could easily come out of a heel's mouth word for word and like be taken as the smarmy bullshit that it is. Before we had Cody in the a- AEW Cody verse, we had John Cena. So what do you guys want to talk about? Where everyone's uh, just begging this fucker to turn heel. I know, and he never does. And thankfully, he never does. thankfully, the WWE machine means that nobody was out here pretending this was a long con to get him to turn heel. Everyone That's just fair. accepted that WWE is not doing it. <laughs> we're just kind of stuck that is that is the nice thing of like you know sometimes you got to have those lower expectations um but yeah so cena blah 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 and oh my god so you didn't tell me austin they were still gonna be running this fucking feud i was like oh okay so cena and triple h did the thing at wrestlemania cool we're gonna move on to something more interesting for cena to be involved with relatively now he is no. still he's still with, with with the game but you know <laughs> i, I do want to know assassin. i do want to know uh cena in the middle he's like you know in the middle of last night's gala cena sucks cena sucks well, there was a small, large group of people that wanted to see, and then, <laughs> except not, because <laughs> <laughs> he came out, to, he comes out to King of Kings instead. Instead yeah, of because he, he's a bad guy now, so he's King of Kings. He's in, um, the goofy ass Triple H graphic of the of like the animated skull with a the with skull a with like the weirdly it. protruding cheekbones. And then Triple H is in his, like, I want to be Harley Race era where he has this stupid handlebar mustache. <laughs> oh, oh, Triple H is at, like, I'll, I'll touch on it in specifics, but, like, Triple H is at, like, he is at his, like, perfect middle ground between, like, you know, Degeneration X Uber Heel Triple H and, you know, corporate Triple H a few years down the line. Like this we are at, like wants to so desperately be cool, and he's really oh not. <laughs> we 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 uh we should get Carlito to spin in his face. Um, yeah. So but... and I, I do note as he's coming down to the ring, we talked about this in the front half, but you got Joey Styles on commentary being like how Triple H appeals to many traditional wrestling fans, and Coach is like, "Hey, I'm a new school kid. I'm hit, but I still like Triple H." And Jerry yeah. Lawler's gonna be like, well, yeah, he didn't even care about the fans. So what's the point in cheering for him? Bro, this weird like thing they're trying to do with like this reads like a prototype version of what they tried to do with Roman Reigns when he got pushed to the moon of like desperately establish any narrative whatsoever to justify the fact that like this is our top guy despite the fact that motherfuckers do not like him and do not want him here is yeah, it's so trying to, it's trying to win back the the internet crowd by weaving an internet narrative into the into the textual <laughs> narrative of well the except show. it's internet narrative written by fucking boomers who don't understand how internet discourse works so it's just the most like yeah and you think internet discourse heard. likes triple h either because yeah. they don't <laughs> internet discourse is are, are like they have videos of the reign of terror they make like they make fucking like evanescence compilations to to like Wake how painful up, it was to somebody, watch 
wake me up bring me to life set to triple h pinning people and you're hoping that one of these got wakes one of these wake one of these dudes reign of terror yeah see that's what i'm saying you know no. like people didn't turn the internet didn't turn around on triple h till he became nxt booker triple h papa Correct. h was papa when h. the nar the narrative about triple h turned around active yeah, main like, event wrestler triple h in the 2000s fuck this guy yeah <laughs> why no, do i gotta once, keep seeing his stupid ass once he started proving that he's actually like a talented booker like and mm -hmm. there is a reason for him to be backstage other than just son-in-law um he he like he earned a lot of respect and and rightfully so but man mm -hmm. yeah 2006 they're not th this narrative they're trying to push oh it's a it's a rough one um Triple H, uh, you know, he comes to the ring and he tries to offer like Cena the handshake, and and then Cena, it takes, Cena takes forever, and then he, he goes for he it. Contemplates, he goes too slow. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Cena contemplates whether he's dumb enough to fall for that crap, and then he is. But instead of Triple H like punishing it by I don't know pulling him into a pedigree or some shit, he just mm -hmm. too slows him. Brilliant. Um, but then, but yeah, so like, this is what I'm talking about of like weird in between of like. Triple H's two, like, characters of, like, Attitude Era heel Triple H versus, like, um, PG Era corporate Triple H is... And I also can't tell if he wants to be bleeding to being a babyface or not. And maybe this is me doing meta-knowledge of where this goes. Because, as I mentioned, we are... The Sean story... Is, is cycling its way back to where Triple H and Shawn Michaels get DX back together as baby faces. Yes. Triple H right now is definitely a heel, even He's if they are there, even if Cena isn't well liked to a, a decent percentage of the audience. Yeah, but, but, but like, and I'm wondering, story that WWE yeah, because he's so, because he's, because first Triple H is kind of like, I gotta hand it to you, Cena. You're a yeah. tough kid, the whole world saw me kick your ass uh, last night but you found a way to win uh, you know respectful def loser but then he's like and i'm pissed off, pissed about, off about it, it. Uh. yeah so so it's like it's what we saw from him like the um the 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 veneer of professionalism that we got from him during the yes movement um and even during summer of punk to an extent but also still like petulant piss baby uh for some reason has convinced himself that he is still entitled to this belt yes so because he, he gives this whole bit about how he's i'm not mad at you i'm mad at me because i underestimated you and he takes and he takes off his sunglasses because he thinks he's cool that's serious business and he's like i trust me when i tell you this it will never happen again. And he's like, the way I see it, uh, this belt is mine. Uh, and I want another shot. Uh. Like, in what yes. world? In what world? You lost. You lost straight the fuck up. <laughs> no bullshit. Yeah, I, I don't. Like, this is this is copium. But the copium even doesn't stand up. Because his, his, his justification is that he was dominant for most of the Match. He just didn't take Cena seriously enough and let himself get caught. Yeah, and and Edge is, and then Edge comes out. Uh, Here comes uh, Edge and Lita, the rated R and Lita. superstar. 
yeah true um and and edge is here to make the correct point to triple h that nobody wants this and considering he just like won the most insane match of the night last night like beating mick foley in his at his own game he feels like he's pretty far in front of the line and triple h needs to back the fuck up and, yeah, and, he mentions and Triple he's H per- and Triple H is like beaten at Mania so far. And Triple yeah. H is like, oh, you're perfect at Mania. Well, that's impressive, isn't it? Oh, how many of those matches were in the main event? Oh, that's yeah, and, right. And then, None of them. Yeah, and then and then Hunter then Edge points out that he uh has been he's beaten Cena for the championship. I made before. that note before they did because he called, yeah because he calls Edge a curtain jerker and he's like we'll let the main eventers handle their business. Yeah, uh, Hunter says my reign is bigger than yours. Edge says it's not about size; it's what you do with it. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. uh, and then Triple H incensed at all of this. <laughs> Basically, is like, all right, tough guy, let's have a match tonight. And Cena, Cena pipes in with thinking he's a genius because he suggests, hey, why don't you have the match for contendership of my belt? Really, Cena? Re- re- wow. No, no way. Hey, I don't want you to, I don't want to just bulldoze over the way Cena interjected himself back into the oh, conversation please, please, please. when he's like, well, 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 seems like He-Man and Skeletor have business to deal with. So I'm just going to step out. And as Cena, before Cena gets to his next line, as he tries to leave, Edge just is trying to, tries to be like, hey, She-Ra. Like, he just tries to call Cena She-Ra a couple of times, but he also says nothing else until Cena then suggests, like, what if you guys fight it out tonight for the it number one? It was so worthless. I was, yeah, I looked around. I was like, who the fuck are you talking to? No, Edge was trying to, like, turn it back on him, and it failed completely. And it flopped so hard. Edge, Edge has never watched He-Man a day in his life. and He just knows like, She-Ra is a character, and it's a yes. woman. So there uh, we go. So, I got ah, this. there you go. There you go. Um, and Lita's here, too. Um, <laughs> Yo, we got, I got but, things to say about Lita when we get to her, to the when Edge's entrance later. Oh, uh, well, because my thing is she's just, she's man, she's just standing there. She's nothing but moral support for Edge. She is, she she is, here, to, she is here to be hot now. Like that, yeah. she doesn't. She doesn't wrestle. She's not wrestling anymore. She's not being a solid in-ring competitor that's well respected. She's here important. to be hot. Um, okay. um, anyway, Edge is like, no, I will not have a match tonight. I have second-degree burns. Yeah. Well, he says <laughs> not a one-on-one Ed, match. Yeah, Edge is like, I got a better idea. What if me and Triple H teamed up two-on-one to face? And I quote. Cena's hip hop hippo bling bling ass. And Cena goes, What the fuck did you just say? What corny white guy shit did you just say to me? Yeah, and again, this is coming from a former white rapper, Edge. Don't don't uh you you should just you should just get just pack it all in now. You're done. Um Yeah, I but- did I did like I did like I did like Triple H and Edge trying to like force cena to accept like it's be like Bro, i know was... you wouldn't want to let down your chain gang members but you don't have many of those left do you and triple h is like you don't want to be a coward do you like yeah so they 
Ed proposes this triple, this, 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 no, not two even triple one. threat, this fucking it's handicap match. Yeah. For some reason. And Triple H, for some reason, is like, yeah, actually, he has a point. I guess they're trying to build it off of Cena being like, I don't know, a fighting champ or whatever. But they it's are. so fucking dumb and transparent. Um, and then, uh, and then Cena, Cena's like, well, he he starts to be like, oh, well, this is the point where I, I tuck tail and run, and then he starts to leave the ring. But he's like, ah, but I'm a fucking idiot, but so I'm going to say yes anyway. I may be a stupid son of a bitch, but I am a tough son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. And Lita was there, too. Um, yeah, so after that, so yeah, the main event of tonight, Cena versus Triple H and Edge in a two-on-one handicap match. Outstanding. Um, then... Next up, Kane Show versus Spirit Squad for the tag belts. We talked about we talked yeah, about this, them. I remembered the Kane Big Show theme sure is something. Where the it Kane goes, well, it's the Big Show, and then immediately cuts to Kane's theme. Brilliant <laughs> mashup. Ten out of ten. Artistic Bro, genius. WWE could be cooking so hard on these mashup themes if they just hired YouTubers, and yet Bro, they don't. And all yeah. and almost all of their theme mashups suck. Look, better than you, Bebe, is also like a horrifying Frankenstein's monster. Also, it, related note, AEW could be cooking on theme mashups if they hired YouTubers. Yeah, see, but at least it's cute for them. At least it's cute that it's like so ham-fisted because MJF commissioned it and doesn't like have any sense of nuance or subtlety. Um, mm. But like, but but also, also agreed. Hire some goddamn YouTubers, you goddamn cowards. Um, so uh that that's brilliant speaking of entrance music i poor spirit squad i swear their music was like genetically engineered to make the crowd read them as gay coded as possible to know like i don't know these guys are girly or whatever and yet um, they don't talk about that on commentary at all they like, don't, they don't really which is very that. nice like, like on comment i didn't know to this is on commentary coach tries as the heel commentator tries to be like well you know jerry male cheerleaders are some of the greatest athletes in the world did you know that? And Jerry Lawler's like, no, I didn't know that. I mean, I, from what I knew, if you can't be an athlete, you be an athletic supporter. It's just implying that they are lesser. They are not male cheerleaders yeah. are not good enough to be real athletes, which is stu offensive in its own way. But at least it's not the obvious gay jokes. Yeah. But like, man, base coachman here standing up for the legitimacy of male cheerleading. Mm -hmm. You'll love to see it. Um, yeah. Kenny I, and Mikey are wrestling, if you were curious. Ken, yes, Kenny and Mikey. Look, it wasn't Dolph Ziggler, so I didn't care as much. Uh, I have to say, Austin, uh, that my first note on this match was, wow, this is totally going to be a full legit match and not a total fucking squash. Well, you were, kind well, of, well, you were kind of correct, but not in the way you thought. Not in the um, way I thought. Kane I, was, so basically, so Kane just, mm -hmm, go ahead. No, no I, I need to, I, I had a journey with this because I say that and then my next note is like, you know, indented. And I go, you know, I'll give him this. This match is going on longer than I thought it would. Uh, and then it kept going. And I'm like, man, Spirit Squad with the like teamwork shenanigans helping carry them through this match. This is, this is interesting. <laughs> this, uh, this yeah. oh boy. Anyway. So Kane just kind of whoops ass for a while there as the commentators uh, talk about how they're so the cheerleaders are so energetic because they're young and hip and cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is their big talking point with the male cheerleaders is how energetic they are. That is the they're talking young. point. 
They're young and hip and cool, which means they're Triple H fans. Of course. Or no, they're anyway, fans, pardon me. Yeah, so Kane is going for a splash in the corner, but Mitch pulls Kenny out of the ring. And yeah. then the Spirit Squad is taking over the match now. And then yeah. hot tag to Will. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. So one quick commentary note before that is they're, uh, they're talking – about the the you know teamwork shenanigans because there are five members of the square spirit squad at, versus you know a normal ass tag team of big show and kane and so like the guy the three guys on the outside are just pulling every like shenanigans in the book to like get the to get their buddies out of danger and to like get them into opportune spots at opportune times um mm-hmm. and you know coachman being the heel commentator who's in the pocket for them is standing up for them and he talks about how like actually a lot of the shit they're doing isn't technically illegal and like uh joey styles balks at this and is like well you know it's a bunch of bullshit and and coachman goes uh, i didn't say it was moral i was just saying it's probably legal which is me when making weekend plans with my friends um, but, uh, but yes, Big Show gets the hot tag, which is not a sentence I thought I would ever say about a tag match with the Spirit Squad. Well, so he's going to town. He picks up Mickey and spins Mickey around to where Mickey knocks over the referee a little bit. A little and bit, then, yeah, a nice little ref bump. Then all five of the Spirit Squad get in the ring and they like pick up and hoist big show up in the air and drop him down and then kenny hits a top rope leg drop and the spirit squad have won the tag team title bro this was in fucking insane i literally started cackling when i watched this because i was so expecting this to be like jobber ass shit from the spirit squad and then they proceed to squash kane and the big show because no, they win they win in sub five minutes that's so incredible i was at the uh, the journey i went on because i started off being like oh, okay spirit squad you know we're gonna be like ah oh, they're gay and all oh, they work for the corporation so they're all like preppy or whatever um but in like the over the course of these this five minutes ish um they completely won me over and i am now a full spirit squad stan thank yes. you very much the commentary team is stunned by this. Joey Styles is like, am I awake right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Styles correctly calls calls the dub from the Spirit Squad the biggest upset in WWE history. That's actually true. Uh, yeah. it's, it's it's mathematically uh, measurable. Thank you very now, much. And then um, backstage, Maria Kanellis is the backstage interviewer now. Yeah, hi, Maria. Noticed, noticed that. But she is with the Spirit Squad, and they are just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just totally feral. All five of these them. Guys, these guys are just coked out frat bros who happen to be cheerleaders. That is exactly how you would describe this gimmick. And then they do a roll call where they say their names in the most unhinged fashion ever. Mitch, Nikki. <laughs> holy shit yeah i swear to god they did about like 10 lines of coke in between uh in between like when they got the dub and when they got back to maria <laughs> record, record, record 
record-breaking illicit drug consumption from the members of the Spirit Squad so they can properly celebrate their win. But yeah, I love these guys. I'm rooting for them. Godspeed, boys. What an iconic tag team. Um, I'm glad so- that we are not going to make it far enough for them to just be DX's bitch boys, because guess what? <laughs> no. That's what it goes. No. No. Come on. And then Dolph Ziggler becomes Dolph Ziggler. Woo! Um, But, yeah, so so, uh, we get a, uh, you know, the commentary is talking about, they're doing social media shit, and they they show a screen grab from WWE.com that is so archaic. Like, the website itself looks like it's from the fucking 90s. What year is it? But also it's so low res that, like, like a good 70% of the screen is just black. And then you get a small box of the actual like WWE.com screen grab in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, uh, anyway, so we get to highlights from the money in the bank match. Uh, it's weird to see actual highlights from a pay-per-view the night after a pay-per-view where, where are my still images? Where are and my, my still black images and white photos? Me, trying to make me pony up the rebuy. Yeah, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Uh, anyway, it all leads to RVD coming out. He cuts the promo. It's super generic, but oh, it's there's so the vivid. Ending. He- the ending is is the most significant part here, where he's like, you know, people been asking me when am I going to cash in the briefcase? And he's like, I'm not going to wait as long as Edge did because this opportunity could not come at a better time. And he talks about how the timing on this is so good. It's so important. It's extreme. <laughs> Oh shit! And they're and they're like, what does he mean by that? What Joey Styles, who worked in ECW from its inception, goes, what could he mean by that? Yeah. So even now, they are planting the seeds of when RVD is going to be cashing in Money in the Bank, which I give them props for, considering it's not like we knew by right now that like we're going to do one night stand in a couple months. Like that hadn't yeah. been announced or anything. So we're playing seeds early. Yeah, that is pretty. Also, do. is RVD's WWE theme supposed to sound like knockoff Pantera? Because it kind of sounds like knockoff Pantera. Probably. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, Chris Masters comes out to do a jobber squash. He wins with the master lock in like I was two like, seconds. you sure is a big muscle boy. That's what I'm worried about this match. He, he's, he is, you were correct. That man is fully yoked. Um, and then the master, the master lock. lock. Nobody's the ever broken the master lock. didn't check the arm three times. The ref just checked the jobber's arm one time. And Man, I love sometimes when the refs just don't follow that protocol and they decide, yep, he's dead. It's okay. We'll just it's over. Him. Yeah, it's over. He ain't getting up from the, the ref. Just makes an executive decision of, uh, sorry about it. Um, so but uh, we swap spit then... with men who aren't cool. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Yeah, Carlito, that's what I said. We swap spit with men who aren't cool. Thank you. Carlito is here. He gets in the ring. He bites his apple, and he's there staring stare down. And it's down like, oh, shit, is he, gonna, is he going to do it? And uh-huh. then he spit, apple spits at the jobber, and they and I'm, I wrote, friendship wins. Next note. Carlito with a backcracker to Masters. And then he spits in Masters' face. So, you know, yeah, he was just getting so around Carlito, is blaming Chris Masters for the loss last night. And so friendship over. Friendship. My friendship with Carlito has ended. Uh, 
I don't know. Uh, Something is my new best friend now. I, he has I, wrote, I don't think Chris Metz has many friends. Then I wrote, oh boy, Shinedown. It's definitely 2006. Shinedown? Yeah, because they were hyping up the theme song Shinedown from Shinedown's oh, 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 okay, album. Okay, 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 yep. And I was like, yep. yep, this is a 2006 ass rock band, Shinedown. Oh, shit. Rock can, band can, invocation. This is can, 2006. Can, uh, can, uh, can Nickelback come and kill the genre yet? Hurry up. No. You got, a, you got a few more years. I mean, I guess in 2006, I guess they were already on the way there on doing that. So yeah. the genre is already dying a slow death, but that's a completely different podcast to talk about the history of rock in the 2000s. <laughs> you would do it too. Um, I would. But yes, it is time. Um, Shawn Michaels is coming out. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, I had this thought because I was explaining – Shawn Michaels to a wrestling layman the other day talking about like this episode we were doing and I started talking about him and I kind of realized like Shawn Michaels post finding Jesus is in such a weird like purgatory no pun intended where he still does sexy boy and shit but he also refuses to swear it is openly acknowledged that he he's a Jesus boy now but he still comes out to sexy boy and then proceeds to recreate Degeneration X in a few months. Well, so, the thing is, though, is that people are going to talk about that, is that he does DX, but then he also won't say suck it, and he won't do the crotch chop. Like, he, he said, oh. He, he, no, he doesn't. He gets the no, crowd to do it. Uh, uh, yep. So he is, we're now, we're now, Jesus boy, Sean, is going to do DX, but also refuse to swear. So... <laughs> That's so weird. That's going to be one of the bigger criticisms of re- Revival DX. Of like, is man. that Sean is too godly to want to do DX. Yeah, it's just it's, something is amiss here. Um, mm-hmm. But so he still like has these weird like indicators of his old fuckboy personality, but then just also doesn't do it. Weird. Um, so Sean Michaels, uh, he makes, he, he comes down here um to basically say like uh self-congratulate you know, himself a little bit yeah you know good match i could have ended that with a single sweet chin but music, i, but I but wanted I to like... make vince live his own personal hell because that's what vince was all about leading into the yes. match so he's like i'm doing but he's like you know I shall, a great weight has been lifted from my shoulders i no longer need to deal with vince's oiled up orange tinted body strutting down the aisle i don't need to deal with public urination tests and bands and pointless Oscar speeches. Yeah. Now, Sean, he's going to do what Vince, he asked Vince to do a long time ago. He's moving on. Yeah. And, and he's like, you know what I would love to move on to kicking John Cena's ass. And okay. Sean Michaels versus Cena sounds like it could be a fun man. Money, 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 money. Here comes the God. money. Money talk. Money, 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 money. money. God fucking here. damn it. He's all mad. And but then before Shane talks, Sean's like, oh, hold on. I you know, I like to let have the crowd give a warm Chicago welcome to the newest member of the Vince McMahon Kiss My <laughs> Club. <laughs> that is exactly yeah. how he says it. He doesn't want to exactly say ass. My God, you fucking dweeb. Um, I'm happy your life is turned around, but also god damn it, Sean. Um yeah. 
So Shane is like Shane doesn't acknowledge that bullshit at all, and but he is yeah. bringing out he brings out Vince who is in a oh huge my, neck brace, bro, bro. It's I because because you gave me the lead up uh, uh of you know we have Cena and Triple H that had their feud at Mania, and we're running that shit back, and then we had Sean and Vince who had their feud at WrestleMania. And we're running that shit back. My favorite, my favorite thing about WWE is the road to WrestleMania backlash and the feuds that would not fucking die a Sisyphusian myth as like the very, running theme. It's a very modern WrestleMania problem of yeah. having a bunch of feuds or even just the big feuds. It's not just the fact that like it's Mania. just the fact that the next fucking the the pay per view after WrestleMania is meant to be like a direct sequel to WrestleMania, but it's always dumber. Yeah, a little bit. So, yeah. but, what so but Vince, yes, Vince has a big ass neck brace, which must mean that somebody's mm-hmm. about to sue him. I'm taking bets now on what you think that would <laughs> That's be. True. He this U.S. government has come up with new charges against him. He's got to get like oh brace. oh oops I broke my neck again. Right when I was about to have to go to court. Oh, no. Anyway, yeah, you can bet, listeners of this podcast, that I transcribed all of Vince's absolute madness. I'm so, very excited. Please, man, please. Do you, have, do you have any idea what you've done? You have any idea what you've done, Shawn Michaels? My devoted wife, Linda, was backstage at WrestleMania, and she witnessed what you did to me. My sweet, innocent daughter, Stephanie, Likewise, was backstage. She too witnessed what you did to me. And by the way, my daughter is six months pregnant. Yeah, you're, the, that match caused me to cause her to have a miscarriage. But nothing could compare to the emotional scarring you put my son Shane through when you took his face and shoved it all the way up my, into my rectal cavity. Oh my God, bro! He's like. He is so convinced that Shane is like the most traumatized out of out of everyone. Um, which yep. he 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 says, I believe that Shane is it's the, it's the, ne- the next line. I believe Shane is psychologically and, and emotionally. You, and then you handcuff my son to the ring ropes and made him watch as you took liberties with me in the ring. Oh, you that's, may not that's realize this. You may not care, but my son Shane. Is psychologically and emotionally scarred for life. Remember, see, that I just thought that was a, I just thought that was a comorbidity of being raised by Vincent K. McMahon. Uh, hey, so I'm gonna press X to doubt. Also, on that. remember that he said that Shane is psychologically and emotionally. Oh, oh, I know. Later, oh, anyway. I made sure I made note of that. We'll get there. And yet, you, Sean, want to move on? You want a title match? I'll tell you, there's no chance in hell of that <laughs> happening. <laughs> Matter of fact, I've got two words for you, Sean. Sean pauses and he's like, you got two words for me? You got two words for me. Uh, and, then, uh. and then Sean's like, I got two. They, we, This whole crowd's got two words for you. And that uh, is suck it. Sean time. Suck as I said, it. Sean doesn't say it. He just gets the okay, crowd. Yep. Big, and then they all chant DX, DX, DX. Planting seeds. Vince ignores that, and he's like, my two words for you are divine intervention. <laughs> Let me repeat that. Divine intervention, as if he expected that to get a pop. <laughs> because you know damn well that at WrestleMania, I was well on my way to ripping you apart limb from limb until you had some unexpected help. 
you had help from God. <laughs> I mean, essentially, it became a handicap match. Me versus you and God. And then he looks up. Here you go again, God. Here you go again. Always picking on me. You know, you always were a bully. <laughs> Vince, is God in the room with us right now? Apparently. Yeah, Jesus, you were right about the copium. This is this is next level. This is like actively like insane on this is like the most like because Vince McMahon's brand of unhinged is usually just like it's a little bit of like, ah, oh, there's a conspiracy against me or I I don't know. Like I am in control. I am the boss. How dare you? Blah, blah, blah. This is this is next tier. What are you talking about, Vincent? The copium is so is like a hundred proof here. Fuck me. He is he is on track to overdose on copium if he doesn't yeah. stop. Dude. <laughs> I didn't think that was possible. Oh god. Uh, but anyway, Sean cuts in the middle of this and he's like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And he's basically is like, Vince, you have gone completely insane. <laughs> and he's like, Do you have a point in there somewhere? Yeah, I've got a point. The point is this. You can't win. You can't win against the McMahons. You nor anyone else in the world can beat the McMahons. You can't do it. You see, you you may win a battle or two here and there, but you will never, ever win the war against the McMahons. And by the way, pal, that's exactly what you're in. You're in a war. And that war for you is going to continue. Because I'm, I'm going to get a lot better. My son Shane is going to get over this emotional scarring, let me tell you. Laughed. <laughs> Mostly scarred for life later. He's going to get over this. He's, he'll, be, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Don't worry about it. In less than four weeks' time, the backlash, there's going to be a tag team match, Sean. He gets this evil grin on his face as if he has concocted the greatest scheme of his life. Uh, it's going to be you and your tag team partner, the good Lord Almighty. <laughs> That's right. You and God versus me, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and the product of my semen, my son Shane. Yeah, so what was that about psychological and emotional scarring? Vince, I felt very I got I felt very fucking satisfied when he when when he said the the product of my semen. I'm like, "See?" See, um, funny look. He's like, "What the fuck?" Shane, Shane goes. Shane just does this. He's like, "I'm sorry, what?" And yeah, uh, that's that's the end of that promo. And uh, yeah, uh, Vince is insane. He is. He's Vince has gone bye bye. Egon. Uh, Vince is so, booking God in matches. The matches. The matches made. Vince and some semen versus Shawn Michaels and a spotlight. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, like I told you, they don't they don't build it. They don't build up to this moment. They're immediately like, fuck it. Vince is booking God. Vince is booking God. And then we're just going to spend the next four weeks milking it. That'll be interesting. Um, Lawler repeats a line on Tom. They're they're talking about the 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 Masters and Carlito thing. And Mm -hmm. um, Lawler repeats a line he had earlier that I didn't take note of the first time. But he said it a second time about how the biggest muscle the that the that masters has is between his ears which is somehow supposed to be an insult it's not calling him s- smart or it's just saying that his yeah he's he's, he's, he's not that, that masters is dumb 
but he's also saying the biggest muscle in his is, is yeah. the one between his ear. Wouldn't the better the one be the smallest muscle is the one between his ears, implying he has a small brain? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not a misspeak because he said it twice. Lawler, it's like he was really cool. He's like, I feel like he just Googled tur- one-liners and he saw someone mention the idea of like the biggest muscle is the one in between your ears. And he's like, I'm going to use that as an insult. Not understanding the point. <laughs> Jerry Lawler got, a, got like a note from corporate to stop with like all of the sexual harassment and just do it sometimes. And he's like, fuck, I got to find something to fill the time. Uh, bad puns. Jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on this Vince promo, yeah, uh, Vince is such a compelling villain to follow the through line on as he just drifts deeper and deeper into absolute insanity and delusion. And I feel like this arc might be like the peak of that. He goes back to being a relatively normal, evil villain manager after this. I have never seen Vince something. Yeah, I've never seen Vince the character be like, yep. We are hitting something with him blaming his loss on God and thus challenging him to a match. Which, like, wouldn't the solution be? It's so so insane. It's so fucked up. Um, And the thing is, it's not even like, because you could play that as him doing a symbolic gesture. That's what I thought it was. No, Vince is just insane. Vince is just suffering no. from a schizophrenic episode. If he if he doesn't book the mats, then it feels like he's just coping. And he's like, and I don't know how he resolves that then, but I guess the answer is try to book God in a match as if he is like a physical person who is gonna come down to the ring and do headlocks. I know, right? And and then if and then if God himself doesn't make an appearance, Vince is able to call it a dub because again, schizophrenic episode. This is, this is like, this is like, this is like proof of, this is him trying to prove atheism, I guess. (laughs) If if God's not dead, then he'll show up (laughs) at Backlash. Man, we should have gotten Vince McMahon instead of Kevin Sorbo in the God's God's Not Dead movies. Well, that's going to be the same problem we ran into when we did Hulk Hogan for that, is would Vince be willing to kill himself off in the car crash? That's true. Vince. To be fair, the difference. I will. There is precedent for that. The difference between well, the difference between Hulk Hogan in God's Not Dead and Vince McMahon in God's Not Dead is at least Hogan would be willing to do the Christianity conversion. Vince would somehow not convert. Vince Vince would find a way to like make sure it happens off screen or something. Like he um, still hates God, but he doesn't convert. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that the 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 match is set for backlash. Holy shit. Um, and Vince, I'm begging you to take your meds. All right. Women's match. Uh, yeah, they do, uh, they do a, uh, they do a, for, I will say they do a, like a little recap of the first half of raw. That was interesting. And then, yeah, Trish comes out. She's limping, uh, from the match last night. You can tell. And she does not look terribly pleased to be here. Nah. And it's then Tori Wilson comes out. My first note, why does Tori oh, no. have a dog? My second <laughs> note, Tori had this song too. Like there are three different women who had the exact song Tori Wilson came out to, which is like, you're not enough for me. No, no. Just another man in love with me. Just another man, baby. Yeah. First it was her. Yeah. First, no. First she uses it. Then Michelle McCool uses it. And then Layla L uses it. Admittedly, Layla and Michelle McCool were a tag team. 
but then Michelle retired and Layla just kept the song, I guess. Before getting her Either own way, though, song why does eventually. Michelle McCool have it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why Michelle has it. They, but I was like, the fuck? I didn't know Tori Wilson also had this song. It's a lineage. It, it, it passes down from generation to generation. But then um, uh, there are her opponent. That's Trish and Tori Wilson versus Candace mm-hmm. Michelle comes out. With the with the Playboy bunny on her Tron. Well, okay. One thing I need to one thing I need to say though is fucking so. Tori Wilson has the dog, and not only is it confusing that she has a dog, the dog is dressed up as Minnie Mouse for some reason. And of and course, also, Jerry. Hmm. Well, what of course, Jerry Lawler can't help but go. Puppies are here. Don't don't fucking test me. God damn it. Uh, and then Mickey James. Uh, first, they hear you hit the beginning of Trisha's theme again. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh. And then Mickey's theme hits. And yeah. then Mickey James is cosplaying as Trish Stratus. <laughs> Dressed like Trish Stratus, which is so psychotic. And she in the does Trisha's entire entrance. Like, she does the exact same motions. The- everything except she seems far happier to be here than trish did um also also am i looking at the trish is trish is deeply fucking horrible she thought the nightmare was over she's like i lost the belt but at least it's done nope um also we get our raw sponsors for the for the evening um which means it's time to look up what random shitty movie the fed is pushing this time with pardon me with lucky number 11 i got all right hold on i okay lucky number slap oh my god it's actually called slevin it's actually called lucky number slevin lucky morgan freeman and bruce kingsley and bruce willis and ben kingsley and lucy Liu and stanley what the fuck what is is this neo-noir crime thriller and it i'm not reading the plot but it it, let's see uh reception and release let's see how it did uh box Uh, office uh, it opened it uh opened it grossed uh seven million dollars and it on opening weekend it came in fifth at the box office um and it just barely made money um it grossed totally 56 million dollars at a 27 million dollar budget you know, Hollywood accounting says you gotta have to double your budget to make money. Oh, <laughs> and Jesus the movie got a mixed reviews, a 52% pr- approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes with an average rating of 5.9. The critical Man. consensus states trying too hard to be clever in a pulp fiction kind of way, this film succumbs to a convoluted plot overly stylized characters and a dizzying set design yeah so so with the just barely making their their money back and just scraping by with like just over half critic approval truly middle of the road a real fucking winner of the road here promoted once again by the by the film buffs at wwe uh you love to see it um so um also for some reason when when mickey james comes out she has uh wwe divas.com on her nameplate maybe because she's the champ now but oh god they're already starting to be referred to as the divas the apocalypse is upon we us are in, we are we are slowly getting to that transition we are in the end times 
Yeah. So Mickey James doesn't, the match starts with Tori and uh, Candace and Mickey James spends the fir first part of this match trying to hook the title belt onto the ring rope. So Trish has to stare at it from the corner. <laughs> so weird. It's so weird. Uh, Trish hits her whirly head scissor thing where she like does a really slow back handspring into a head scissors. <laughs> I will say she also does this other thing where uh, Candace tries to knock her down with a lariat at, but Trish like dodges it by doing a fucking like backbend bridge. That was cool. Um, yeah. She seems, she uh, seems like she was talented enough as an in-ring. So talent. Trish totally was, but uh, she's okay. not, not doing shit here. Um, Tori and Mickey tag in. Uh, Mickey cheap shots Trish after a, she hits Tori a couple times. She cheap shots Trish. And then Mickey ducks a clothesline. Chick kick to Tori. Winner, winner. There yeah, we with, go. With, Trish, with Trish's finisher, specifically. True. Big move. But also, yep, that's the end of that. That's all the women we need tonight. Yes. There will be um, no more. No more. No more. Not a, not a, not a promo in sight. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mickey uh, accidentally leaves the uh, belt in the ring and Trish tauntingly returns it to her. So, you know, once again, the Sisyphusian uh, boulder pushing just keeps on, keeps on going on the road to backlash. Um, yeah, she's like, I'm the champion! Our, it's mine! Yeah, we get our third reminder of the evening of what the main event is going to be with the exact same graphic and Lita's here. Um, yeah. But <laughs> so hey, we got WWE Hall of Fame highlights yo 2006 goaded fucking hall of fame yeah i don't have that up on them um it was mean, class. The, the 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 big headlining three were mean gene okerlund um who was inducted by hulk hogan um mean gene did have a great line of if one day i get called up to the big house bury me face down then all of my critics can kiss my ass and i'm like <laughs> You know what? That line goes hard. Good for I'm head can I'm gonna headcanon. That's how Mean Gene went out. I also fully headcanon that he was indeed buried upside down. Um, he was very insistent on it. Eddie, of course, got inducted. Um, and and Brett, Brett Hart, um, got yes. inducted that year. Yeah, the uh, the the whole class is um, William the Refrigerator Perry as uh, the celebrity inductee. Um, he's a football player. He was inducted by Cena. Uh, the Blackjacks, uh, Blackjack Mulligan and Blackjack Lanza were inducted oh, by Bobby Heenan. Uh, Tony Atlas was inducted by Special Delivery Jones. Okay. Vern Gagne's old decrepit ass was inducted <laughs> by Greg Gagne. Can only imagine what speech Vern gave. Probably something along the lines of kids these days. <laughs> <laughs> Now they're that now eight, when when twenty years from now the this Hall of Fame is gonna be like a worthless participation trophy. When I tell you that I put in the work, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sensational Sherry was inducted yes. by T Ted DiBiase. Yeah, Sherry got inducted. That's sweet. Yeah, and then Mean Gene inducted by Hogan. Eddie was inducted by Benoit, Mysterio, and Chavo, and then Stone Cold inducted Brett. Yeah, which is which one is of those. Really cool. Yeah, cool moment. Sadly, you know, none of his fan like you know, uh, Jim wasn't on good terms with WWE at that moment, and Bulldog and Owen were dead. So yes. you know, none of the hearts could do it. 
yeah. for Brett. I mean, it is cool that it's Stone Cold, considering kind of like the torch passing that happened between the two of them, but still. Yes, totally. That's like, it, <clears throat> if, you know, as terms of wrestlers that aren't hearts that should have inducted Brett, Stone Cold's about as good a pick as you could have had for that. Correct. Um, but anyway, uh, so that was sweet. And then off the heels of that, ooh, Javo. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, okay, okay. Is it me, or does Chavo's theme song sound like fucking Pokemon battle music? Dun, 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 It's got a lot of similarities. Yep. Look it up, people. It's fucked. Um, like, like I'm talking like Generation 3, like wild Pokemon battle uh, music compared to Chavo Guerrero's WWE theme song. I, was, I swear to God. Um... So but Chavo, uh, Chavo kind of just gives this whole speech about how he's so proud of last night. He wants to thank everybody who kept Uncle Eddie's memory alive. And he's like, he met, he's like, he was so happy for his friend. No, family member, Rey Mysterio, winning the world sweet. heavyweight championship on SmackDown. And if he had any regrets, he didn't have a title match at WrestleMania. The crowd is chanting for Chavo. Incredible. This unusual. Yeah. But Chavo's like, tonight is different. Tonight, I get a shot of the Intercontinental title. Tonight, this is my WrestleMania. And tonight, I am dedicating this match to Eddie. Yeah, it's his and WrestleMania, which, hey, you know what? They have a use for the sign now. Like, Good job. Thank like, you, Chavo. Eddie, you passed the torch to me the night you died. And I promise you, I, I mean, yeah, he's like, I'll never forget. He, he, I, forget I didn't write the date down, but he, he mentions, like, I'll never forget the, the day. The morning of the morning of when he learned that and he's like and then he frames that as you passed me the torch and i promise you i promise all of eddie's fans and i promise the entire guerrero family i will not let you down yeah so chavo makes us a... go for it i'm just saying now we get an icy title match with chavo guerrero against shelton benjamin yeah, Chavo made like, that promo a little weirdly about himself, but, you know, it's fine. Um, yeah, against the, uh, he, he's challenging the utterly aimless, uh, aimless, the utterly ageless IC champion Shelton Benjamin. I mean, admittedly, um, also a little aimless if you look at the, at this, at the, at Shelton Benjamin's career, broadly speaking. Listen, don't worry but, uh, about it, brother. But ain't no stopping me now. Yeah. Um, commentary also really leans in on the fact that it's so wild to me that like people went so hard on constantly mentioning how Eddie was Chavo's uncle when Eddie was again, three years older than Chavo. Yeah. You think, you know, so it's uncle Eddie in extremely heavy quotations. It's, I mean, it's, it's factually correct, but not the way yeah, you also, imagine that. Yeah. Bruh. Uh, I did write up too lazy to write match notes. Uh, it's nice. It's a nice back and forth match. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. these are two technically talented wrestlers. So, you know, the in-ring work is good here. Not There's just not a ton that ends up going on. Yeah, uh, the, the, these guys both show some great, like, agility and strength. Shelton mm-hmm. does like that. I don't know how to describe it. I, I call it, like, the seesaw throw of, like, you have the guy, like, down and you're up. But then you kind of, like, rock backwards and, like, chuck the guy by his leg. Oh, yeah. That's kind of, um, I think, like, a wheelbarrow toss or something like that. Okay. Uh, he, he does that on Chavo, but Chavo's able to catch himself on the apron, so that's kind of cool. Um, and then, uh, Chavo's able to, like, like, Shelton's charging at him, and Chavo's able to, like, fully fucking lift him over his head and throw him backwards out of the ring. That was, er, that was sick as hell. Um, Yeah, so, 
the basically the finish of the match is the big thing here of yeah. chavo he hits the three amigos oh indeed, my indeed. and he oh goes my. up to the top for the frog splash he's gonna do it for eddie womp 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 no he misses and then shelton hits his exploder t-bone suplex for the dub to retain yeah, which, the title which like uh 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 i think uh coachman brought this up on commentary of like Chavo's playing more to the crowd with doing that than he was going for which the he win. Was, which he was. He, which he was. And it, it does make an interesting point of like, crass though it may be to think about, if you're going in a, you know, if you're thinking like within kayfabe, the psychology of the match, if you're going up against Chavo Guerrero the night that Eddie, the night after Eddie got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, maybe. You'd be Maybe ready, be ready for the Eddie for the Eddie tribute. Yeah. So like I feel like it would it would, like Chelton the whole time is like it's like me when I'm playing 2K and like waiting for someone to go off the top rope and I'm just waiting to like hit that. I wait because I know that their dodge. finisher because I know their finisher is a top rope move, so I'm just waiting for him to go up you're there. Just, you're just waiting to hit that triangle. Yeah, it's like it's like, come on, motherfucker. Try try it. Make my day. Um yep. so yeah, so Chavo gets does not get the dub eats uh and he is big sad about it yeah he's really sad honestly i'll say this before we get to the next part i actually kind of was like are they gonna like use this to slow burn turn chavo heel again because honestly well, yeah. he's never been the most compelling baby face he well, has always been I... so much better at it being a total jackass so i was like well, I was say, is like... he gonna like is like are that what they're are they what they're gonna do is they're gonna turn it as like he's trying to use Eddie's legacy to get himself ahead, but yep, also yep. sucking shit at it. Um, I had that too. Yep. But then we get the WWE's favorite thing where they do a WWE.com exclusive that they air on television. Um, yeah. Real exclusive. Learn guys, what words mean. <laughs> <laughs> but Chavo is just like sad and he's broken. He's like, I let everybody down. I let Eddie down. And he's, he's tearful. He's like, maybe I'm not cut out to be a wrestler, man. I quit. I quit. And he walks away. He and he walks does, off. He does actually just like kind of quit for a couple of months there. Oh, I looked shit. It up, actually, he does like take a few months off and then he you comes know, back and turns heel on Ray. Yeah. Well, so, you know, it is a Which slow is, burn heel turn, just not. Yeah, but it's not the way I would have thought it would happen. Not in the way that would have been, you know, actually compelling. Um, right. And then uh, Rick the Flair. Rick Flair? Yeah, fuck off. Now, um, great start here of Rick Flair being like, I've had some unbelievable moments in Chicago. Like, that's a shocker. Woo! But better than that, I've had some unbelievable moments in my career. Here in Chicago, get yeah. it? This oh, the first God, time he thank was talking you. About sex with oh, women. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, man. I gotta say, in 2006, Ric Flair is fucking 57, going on 70. Holy shit! This he looks so much older than he actually I'm, is. I'm giving credit to Ric Flair. He he looks like he hasn't aged in a couple decades by now. <laughs> but just not in that way. Not in a good way, as in he started old and just stayed there. Just kept getting fucking, just, just, yeah, just more old. Um, but uh, Ric Flair has decided he's going after the SmackDown Championship because On fuck Raw. you. 
on but, yeah he, yeah that's the other thing yeah so he's going after the smackdown championship because fuck you and he's talking about it on raw well because it's because it's to facilitate you. the debut that's about to happen that's well you know, okay here of course sure but, but we get he's like i got a 17th world title run in me woo Oh and, then World some dude, and then it's, some it's, dude, and then some dude, the lineage of the WCW belt. Uh, yeah, that's anyway. He's, yeah, though, to be fair, when, if you count the 16 world titles, there is like his two WWE title reigns in there, correct? So, anyway, so then a dude comes in in Spanish, yelling in Spanish, and it is Armando Alejandro Estrada. <laughs> And I just go, what uh, my my note is just what the fuck is happening? Uh, so yeah, he's just a well dressed. If you to, he's just a really well dressed Cuban man, as we learn. Um, yes. But he's like, amigo, your time is over. It's time for a change. America needs a new hero. Uh, hold on, Ric Flair is America's hero. Can we back up on that? For yeah, a let's go. Oh, like, whoa, whoa, do not like whoa, the implications. Oh, there. there. Whoa, baby. And his and his name is and Rick stops. He's like, I don't know who you are, pal, but nobody gets in my business. And Estrada's like, I don't interrupt me, pendejo. And Estrada talks about how he grew up watching Ric Flair growing up in Cuba uh, with the worn down TV and his the rabbit ears for antenna and held together by aluminum foil. That was then. And this is now. I am a businessman. I enjoy the nice things in life. I enjoy nice clothes, just like you. I enjoy nice women, beautiful women, the chicas, just like you. (laughs) And amigo, more than anything else, I enjoy the dinero, the cash, the money. Pero now your time is over. Allow me to introduce you to the man who is going to change the face of Monday Night Raw and the entire WWE. I give to you, and again, Ric Flair interrupts. Um, and of course, Ric Flair had to get weirdly kind of racist about it. Yeah, yeah. the, as, the way I have it is, is Ric Flair says, please don't be rude to me, and then proceeds to call Armando what I can only assume is an archaic slur. Yeah, he calls him a nothing-having, island-jumping Cuban. <laughs> that... You know, I, like I said, arca- it didn't it didn't have any things that sound like slur words, but I guarantee, like that is something he got back in the '60s and has just been using ever hey. since willy nilly. He, he calls the Cubans island jumpers. That sounds right. Island jump, oh, bet you filthy island jumper. Oh god, that, that feels sounds dirty right to me. Anyway, uh, Ric Flair takes off his jacket and he's like, "Bring your new boy out here." And let's see what he's got. Rick, he's been trying to bring his new boy out here two times, and you keep interrupting This whole time. Him. Yeah, correct. And he, Estrada, um, based, says, Ric Flair, you've overstayed your welcome. Oh, he doesn't it's say Ric Flair. He says, he, says pan, he says Pandejo, you've overstayed. Pandejo, you're welcome. Man, it's time man, for you to go. Man, I really like the cut of this guy's jib. I give you Umaga. Yeah, okay. Umaga debuts. Yep. Now, holy the shit! You of Umaga, truly the last dignified Samoan gimmick that is like truly. an islander. Uh, That's yes. the joke. But Umaga just shows up and whoops Ric Flair's ass. There's not really any. There's nothing I else to it. Always knew I liked the cut of his jib. Absolutely. 
Uh, he doesn't hit tries to put over that, that this moment will be like something that I guarantee you people will be talking like this or talking about this, uh, at the water cooler, man. I feel like having to say that is a near guarantee that no such thing will ever happen. I was like, oh, they think there's still water cooler talk in 2006. (laughs) Oh my God. We're already like too far too disconnected for that. Fuck that. Anyway, um, but yeah, Umaga doesn't hit the spike. That's what I noticed because you know his finisher will be like thumbing you in the neck. It's the yeah. Samoan spike. This time he hits this like weird. I called it a modified Samoan draw, but it really is like you get Ric Flair on your shoulders and like a reverse fireman's carry, and then he mm-hmm. like drops him. Yeah, back horizontal, uh, horizontally, like face outstanding. But woohoo, and then they cut big time. They hype up the theme song of WrestleMania 22, Big Time by Peter Gabriel. Outstanding, big time. And hey, there it's Ozzy Guillen, the manager for the Chicago White Sox. Oh, yeah, crowd. Oh, he is. Oh, nice, good job. And then backstage, Edge and, and Triple H are just like hashing out their shit from earlier and being like, hey, no offense, man. But then each other has this really funny, like very heel way of talking of being like, hey, man, you know what you should do? You should go out there by yourself and kick Cena's ass. Hit him with the pedigree. And Triple H's like, you know, no, no, I couldn't do that. But you know what you should do, Edge? is you should go out there and kick Cena's ass by yourself and really prove yourself as a main event player. I'll step back. Yeah, they're trying to pass off the match work to each other. Um, but then they just kind of settle on like, fine, okay, we both hate Cena. We can just both go out there and kick his ass. And they end things cordially, or so they think, as Edge walks off and Triple H kind of looks to the side in a sort of I'm totally going to betray you look. Except... Here's the thing. That's not how that happens. Wait, what? Except, except that's not how that happens. Here. No, 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 no. But here's no. Here's the real thing, though. If you pay attention to this promo segment, you can see that the area of backstage they're at is close enough to the entrance ramp that you can see the backside of the like projector screen. Yeah, they're uh, at the, the top of the entrance area. ramp, and you can see their promo happening in real time projected up there like reverse image flipped on the back of the projection screen and then when edge walks away from the conversation and triple h does the i'm totally gonna betray you face edge is walking directly toward the entrance ramp and that giant ass fucking screen meaning he should by all means be able to see the fact that triple h is like listen surreptitiously you know, side-eyeing him directly you to the camera wrestlers don't watch the show and that includes the show that is five feet in front of them they they see the screen and they like vampires they go like and like duck away from it they try to get under an umbrella or some shit yeah so main event time already edge and triple h versus john cena i noted that joey styles calls lita edge's sinful sex pot i great outstanding lita's here too that's i'm glad this is what we're doing with her yeah, so this match works by, you know, it's it's a little inconsistent of how they do handicap match rules. Sometimes yeah. they make them have to tag, and thank God, in WWE 2K, they make them have to tag. But oh, here, here, they do not. You can just, both guys can just be in the ring all the time. 
and two-on-one Cena the whole time. But of course, because they're trying to be lazy and pass the buck to the other guy, they don't do that. No, Triple no, H they just kind of... One of the mats sitting in the corner and watching. No, like, like up on the top turnbuckle, which was hysterical. Also, oh my fucking God, I hear another Cena sucks chant kicks up, but for the briefest of moments, I thought it was a CM Punk chant. Ooh. I am scarred for fucking life. Hey, Chicago has seen the future. Chicago <laughs> has looked at their crib. CM Punk always was, always has been, and always will be. CM, what would CM Punk be doing in 2006? Well, a- he, apparently about to kick up with ECW. Because he signed... Because this would have been... I mean, this would have been top guy... Well, no, he's in he's in WWE developmental at this point. He's well, yeah. already left Ring of Honor. Yeah, he signed his Ring of Honor contract in 05. Oh shit, I forgot that E Punk debuts like on the first couple of episodes of ECW. So he is yeah. like months away from his WWE debut. Yep. Uh he just did the gangster shit, so he's he's officially in with the company now and yeah, just doing developmental. Um but yeah, so um that's that's what a lot of the matches um commentary is still trying to sell the whole like fucking traditional wrestling fans thing kill me yeah um match doesn't get real interesting until uh edge is in the corner triple h gets out of the corner to try to cheap shot john and then edge goes for the spear Ed cena ducks and edge spears triple h instead Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing of, like, I saw this setup of we got Triple H in, like, the top right corner. We got Cena in the middle, and we got Edge in the bottom left corner. And I see Edge setting up for the spear, and I'm like, all right, class, let's play along at home. Do we think that, A, Cena eats the spear from Edge while Triple H just vibes? B, Cena eats two different finishers from his opponents and loses? Or C, and you know, this is a crazy thought, but may, mayhaps there is a bit of malfunctioning at the junctioning. And sure this enough, true. this is also the funniest malfunction of the junction I've ever seen in my life. How so? Well, not the way, not, I guess not the moment, but the after effect of it. So, oh, yeah. Because what? Because out because the match continues as normal between Edge and Cena until Cena gets Edge in the corner and starts punching him. Triple H just got back up. He throws Cena out of the corner and then he goes to start punching Edge for a couple of set for like 30 seconds. Cena and Triple H are double teaming Edge. Yeah, which which was very fucking funny. Um, And it's funny, too, because because, yeah, Triple H stopped Cena from beating up on Edge. So you're like, all right, he's coming to save his partner and then just dicks down Edge, too. Um, And then Cena... Cena's once again, like, proving what the that fuck he's. What am I looking at here? But Cena once again proves that he's a fucking tremendous dumbass too, because the fact that Triple H helps him with this means that Cena thinks that Triple H, who is just standing very close to him in the ring, will have no problem with Cena yeah. hitting the five knuckle shuffle on Cena Edge. Cena sets uh, up for the five knuckle shuffle, and then as he's going to do it, Triple H intercepts him. He hits the pedigree and Triple H wins. It's all about the game. <laughs> he is the cerebral assassin. 
even though he got hit with a malfunction at the junction ed spear uh i am the game i don't know why it makes me laugh as hard as it does just doing the i am the game the cerebral assassin it's the rock did irreversible damage to triple h impressions <laughs> i know it doesn't even sound from. like him he no. doesn't even do that shit but Rock did a Triple H impression where he goes, I am the game. Uh, I am the best. Uh, and I got a $2 slut of a wife. Uh, and now, and now like, that's, everyone does uh, at the end of Triple H. It's so good. It's so good. And it's just a, and it's just like him having like these stock phrases of, I am the game. Now, the stock phrases, that's just Triple H's regular promo that is actually the, uh, the uhs are added on. That is <laughs> true. It's only, a, it's only a partially exaggerated impression. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, so John Cena, tremendous dumbass, thinks Triple H is just going to let him win and pays the price for it. Waka so waka. Triple H wins the match. And I guess yep. Edge technically also win. <laughs> uh, yeah, what is the... What what is the like consequence of this? Like, oh, cool. Like, there's not contendership on the line. So what the I fuck? Mean, this was just kind of there to be there. I I, mean, I did we'll look ahead see. and see just how. I well, I I did look ahead a little bit and see just how fucking far like this Triple H and John Cena forever feud runs for, and it's yeah. It, I they, haven't looked ahead, so let me bowling. let me it's see how few, long. It's let a me few see months. how long. It's a few months. All right. Okay. I you know. Okay. One night stand. Cena fights Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Then at Vengeance, he fights Sabu. What? The what? Okay, it seems like they. It seems like okay. It seems like they carry feud, carry through this feud until like it's time for Triple H to go do DX again. Yeah, John Cena but, and RVD. Triple H makes an, but like in May, uh, rest May fifteenth is like when it becomes like is is the culmination. WrestleMania yeah, but, yeah. John Cena versus Triple H. Yeah, because so May just, May twenty first is Judgment Day, but Judgment Day is a. Uh, SmackDown exclusive pay per view. Yes. So that's not they're not paying it off there. Um, so they run they run this thing for like what three pay per view cycles, give or take. Now three Two because and a half. yeah three it's yeah because um John because the no way out Cena didn't wrestle but he but Triple H won contendership in like February. Yeah, like he won a tournament, so they ran this feud from like February to May. Outstanding! That's great. Um, so delightful. and as I mentioned in the front half, absolutely nothing. No interesting story is happening here. They're just no. It's just like ah ah. But don't you aren't you very scared of the reign of terror coming back? Please God cheer for Cena. We don't know how to do it. That's basically it. Is they're like leveraging fans, hating the reign of terror to try to get them to cheer Cena. And it's also not working. It's just not doing anything. Very funny. Yeah. That Um, was this episode of raw, you know, know, nice, easy breezy. I'll take it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the Raw after Mania, so there's a few exciting moments, but also there's this sense, especially in ring, that they're like, all right, time to take a breather. Big night last night. We are not trying hard tonight. Washing our hands of this, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's fine. I, I look forward to, to coming back and seeing just the new levels of delusion that Vince McMahon reaches and the, I'm sure, prestigious championship reign of the Spirit Squad. Um, yeah, Etc. Etc. Yep. So that's for this. That's it. We'll be back soon enough for the next week in Vince McMahon's uh, crazy playhouse um, huh. era. Uh, but for next time, it is the Christmas season. Yes, Jolly to be wrestling. La 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 la. Um, so, I got to put this question to you, David. Oh no. Do you want to do real wrestling next week or oh, do you want oh, to do no. something weird? Uh, something new and exciting that we've never done on the show before. Uh I'm scared of options after the last set of options I picked. No, this uh, is this is this these options are I I'll be honest. I kind of I kind of put off coming up with plans for the christmas episode and now i'm throwing something together but okay. i do have two ideas okay. half-baked ideas so real well, wrestling or weird bullshit your choice who am i to deny when my co my co-host has a million dollar idea i they're sure let's do weird bullshit why yeah. not? I'll indulge, I'll indulge you. You indulged me for the Halloween episode. I will indulge you for the Christmas episode. Sure. So here's the thing about Christmas. One of my favorite parts about Christmas is Christmas movies. And True. so, you know, Christmas movies are really fun. And so, don't um, you don't you fucking say <laughs> it. No, it's not, it's, it, I don't know what you think I'm about to say, actually. I don't know anything uh, I'm say i'm i'm very scared that that uh three horrifying words are about to be strung together uh that rhyme with uh shmanta schmidt schmuscles oh no god no we're not we're not oh. doing that okay 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 all right all right proceed. maybe maybe next year maybe no next year. no no so one uh so like my favorite Christmas movies are the Rankin Bass Christmas movies. We do love the Rankin Bass Christmas movies. I actually just watched uh, uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town the uh, last night. Oh, that's nice. That's shit. Yeah. So I had a few like a few episodes ago, and I don't even remember. It was, it was probably a Halloween episode when I did this, but when I suggested this nonsense, I was like, I quoted a Rankin Bass movie. As oh Randy Savage, and I said, God. "Wouldn't it be funny if we did a reading of a whole Rankin Bass movie in wrestler voices?" And oh my God! And so I've decided that for Christmas this year, that's what we're gonna do. Is holy shit! We are gonna do a reading of my favorite Rankin Bass movie, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, Reindeer, in wrestler voices. Holy fuck! So this is unhinged, uh, but oh, also yeah. keep on cooking, King. I'm I'm with you. Yeah. So no guests this year. Oh. Kind of didn't think to 
get that lined up. And honestly, it's probably for the better because well, this is next week. You know how and who else is going to know all the right voices to do? I know maybe one guy, but you, you know whatever. You may you, you see my point here. It's I see like your point. we got like we got to work with who can do the voices right. Yes, yes. I do uh any it, it, it delightful. Uh all right, that's going to be fucked up. So next week we're doing the world's worst version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I think you mean best. I think you meant to say best. I fixed that for you. It's true, true, I guess. I was a little off there, but yeah. Yeah. That is for next time until then oh, david shit. hit the plugs oh my god yes sir dear friends thank you all so much for joining us on yet another episode of the news and knockouts podcast we are so delighted to have you here returning listeners viewers would have you you know the drill thank you all so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums your eyeballs whatever it is you use to consume our content we are just so delighted that you choose to spend your time with us week after week new people hey hi how's it going welcome to the show we here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you're brand new to the wild, wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of all the weird bullshit, either way, we hope you had a great time here. We hope you want to keep having a great time with us week after week, and I'm going to tell you all the ways you can do so. First and foremost, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, make sure it turns a nice little t- solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Um, give us all that mm, sweet, sweet engagement with your comments and your likes. Um, check out all of our playlists. Austin has been kind enough to organize all the storylines that we follow into their own separate playlists. So if there's something you want to follow all the way down without having to, uh, having to skip around a whole lot, that option is there. It's great. Um, and then, you know, uh, also it's the video version so you can see our beautiful, sexy, wonderful faces as usual, me shaking my lawler effigy hoping that it does something one of these days um and uh you know all that good stuff if you're a fan of the audio only edition however we got you covered there you can find us on three of the best places to find your audio podcast which of course are spotify google Podcasts, and apple Podcasts. give us a listen there download our show so you can listen to us offline uh some of that mm, sweet sweet engagement in the forms of uh uh, uh five star ratings if you're so inclined maybe some nice little reviews that say uh hey these guys are pretty cool i'm pretty into them more people should be listening to them i don't know i'm just saying spitballing here either way uh if you if you so choose to engage with that it's a tremendous help to the show It'd be much appreciated thank you all um of course we exist in more than just this little void we find ourselves in week after week we got some social medias you can follow primarily of course is our twitter account at noobs and knockouts or at, at noobs and knocks pod that's at noobs letter n knocks pod on twitter um we do the twitter thing we do memes and make the brain melting mistake of engaging with iwc discourse um you know all all that good shit we keep up with with normal wrestling stuff we put up a uh post every single week when we drop a brand new episode so you guys always know what the hell is going on uh and of course the highlight of highlight of our twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting uh every wednesday night at 8 p.m eastern on tbs uh i the noob david am watching and tweeting about aew dynamite talking about all that shit talking about uh uh, talking with our, our wonderful fans and other assorted IWC people about what we think about the show. Um, it's just a great time. You know, we, uh, we, we just, I just like to do my live tweeting thing. Uh, also being a bit of an AEW smart, uh, occasionally I will live tweet, um, rampage at 10 PM Eastern on TNT and on Fridays and uh, collision on Saturday nights at 8 PM, uh, on TNT. Um, I haven't done that in a hot minute cause my weekends have been very busy. 
but you know when i when i get around to it i like to partake in a little bit of that that too but every at the very least we are live tweeting dynamite every week it's a good time you should check it out on top of all of that austin is the 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 king knockout of this show still uh and he uh likes to in some form or other follow all three of the major american companies and their pay-per-views and we kind of like to tell you guys what the hell is going on on that front especially for all the noobs in the audience if you're kind of looking for uh, if you're shopping around for what wrestling you're hoping to get engaged with on a regular basis, we like to make sure you know what your options are. So, my friend, what is on the docket and coming up? Right. So, next up on pay-per-view is AEW World's End on December 30th, 2023. Uh, you know, these we're still a few weeks out from these shows, so I'm probably not going to give like a real big rundown on them for a little bit. Uh, but right now, you know, AEW main evented by MJF versus Samoa Joe for the world title oh, and yeah. the final of the Continental Classic Tournament. Uh, WB doing AEW doing their own G one. <clears throat> That's exciting. It, it, it's it's been a good time so far. Uh, looking yeah. forward to it. And it's and it's not it's not nearly as convoluted as the Bound for Glory series. Thank you, thank you very much. I uh, cannot wait to bring that. I got the whiteboard is ready. To come oh fucking hell! Um, okay, next up then is TNA. Impact Wrestling is rebranding at the start of the year, next year. Yes, uh, back to TNA. Total nonstop action. You can watch them every week Thursdays at eight PM on Access TV, or if you with a YouTube channel subscription of a of one dollar, uh, they have multiple channel subscription tiers but the one dollar tier you can watch a, every thursday at 8 30 p.m eastern on youtube commercial free uh and then at heart and their their pay-per-view on january 13th is hard to kill um and then for wwe you know they're the easiest to get a hold of on a regular basis w, uh, raw on mondays at eight o'clock on uh usa network for now and smackdown on fridays at eight on fox for now they're they're season baby we are currently it is it is tv deal shopping season uh i believe they've already confirmed smackdown's going back to usa and yes i think they have and raw we don't know we don't know what they're doing with that yet so for now that's how you can keep up with WWE every week and you get you watch their pay-per-views uh on the peacock player. on yes. the play the per, the premium live premium event. live event a technically correct term but not nearly as interesting to say Rolls as a pay-per-view not terribly well the the ple's the plez uh Indeed. upcoming on january 27th is the royal rumble so exciting times here 30 men enter uh. the rumble and then 30 women enter the Rumble, and each winner will get a world title match of their choosing at WrestleMania 35. Uh, 40, Is Cody finished? Yeah, 40, excuse me. I was, was going to say, hold up. Is so Cody finishing the story this year? We'll Probably, see. We'll see. We'll find out. Um, well, you know, until if you consider that, that there is another story we got to finish is that CM Punk had beef with Roman Reigns about having to make Roman look strong on the Colt Cabana podcast. So, oh, yeah. like, I think if we got to finish any story, I think, you know, we got to finish the CM Punk story first. Priorities, Punk people. Win, win the Royal Rumble. 
finally give him the main event he's been bitching for he's been bitching about for a decade so yes. so you know cody just 41 buddy just hold on it will get there we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll find our way there eventually cody we promise uh the best all right stories the trilogies that's right oh yeah well keep in mind yeah we will like like fucking Heyman said we were only in the third inning or whatever um with with cody's story so we still got a, a lot of chugging along to do baby yep. um but so anyway that, that is what is coming up in in the world of wrestling hell yeah uh be sure to check all that out uh again austin and i like to kind of tell you guys about uh these big companies and their and their uh um uh pay-per-views especially for the noobs uh you know pay-per-views especially can be a great jumping on point you're bound to see a lot of awesome wrestling uh big storylines finishing up um new storylines kind of getting kicked off you know we just like to make sure you know your options and and we like to you know tweet about these when we when we get the chance and you know start a bit of engagement with our with our community maybe be a force for slightly more uh slightly more uh positivity in the iwc you know lord knows we always need more of that um so yeah be sure to check all of that out it's a good time over on the twitter if you like listening to us ramble about wrestling for uh for hours on end it's just that in bite-sized form so um yeah come check us out at noobs and nox pod on twitter of course uh we, if you want to get in more direct and long form contact with us you can email us at noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com that's noobs the word and knockouts pod at gmail.com uh come say hi to us there tell us what you think about the show request things you want to see us cover on the show um tell us our hot takes our based in red pill or cringe and blue pill you know fucking whatever either way start discourse start a conversation just say hi we love people saying hi we would love to say hi back noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com uh and of course finally you can also find us on patreon we are the noobs and knockouts podcast on patreon uh the link for it is in our twitter one dollar a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode shout out as always to other uh, sugar daddy kyle smith uh for his uh, uh his help uh, his his contributions. We love you, buddy. We hope you're enjoying your perks. If you want to enjoy your perks along with our boy Kyle, um, you can absolutely uh, do that over on the Patreon, even just for a single dollar a month. That means a lot to us. Helps out the show more than you realize. Uh, it's it's just it's just a nice little extra bit of support, and it doesn't cost terribly all that much at all, and you get some nice little bonuses for it. Uh, so yeah, if you're so inclined, be sure to do that shit over on the Patreon. Once again, the link for that is in our Twitter. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.